Northern English accent. Southern English accent. So has the Northern English accent just a quieter version of the Southern English accent? No, this is my not. I got. I they put a knife in my heart. That's a Northern English accent. <laughs> yeah. This is a Southern accent. <laughs> well, actually, it depends. It's all really. It changes every ten miles. Yeah. I shall go through all two hundred thirty-three English accents. Which one is the Pip Pip Cheerio accent? That's somewhere down there in the south. We ain't doing okay. that in the north. All right, yeah. My dad would disown me if I walked in. <laughs> like, get out. All right. All right. When you guys are ready, you can start it. I thought we started. Can I just start no. by talking about my new dog? <laughs> is we, that related to nerds? We could, but uh, I would like to uh, bring to the table first how, uh, motherfucker, you broke into my house. No. Uh, on at least two occasions. <laughs> I know this by your writing on my head that Terry was here. Okay, either <laughs> this is not true, or it happened when I broke into your house six months ago, and I can't remember, because I was blasted drunk. This was over the last week. Uh, so, you also took all of my beer, and maybe, I'm Irish. Maybe that's why you were writing on his... What Did you of, get drunk in my basement alone? You left all the recording it? equipment up, too. I have not been drunk in your basement alone. What kind of shit time? have you been recording what with my What kind of beer was it? It was Guinness. No. Not me. All I carry is Guinness and Innocent Gun, man. That's no. it. Nah. Nothing but stouts for this boy. Can't, I won't drink Guinness. I can't do it. I'll burst into flames. I'm English. Yeah, but you were born in Northern Ireland. Yeah, which is part of the United Kingdom. Do your research, Dan. I... Oh... I can't believe your ignorance. Actually, you've offended me with this whole thing. Adam, how was your week? Good. A few late nights, but I'm all right other than that. <laughs> Are you working on a project? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, doing a lot of research. By there. project, I mean a woman. Uh... Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, there are 75 freaking fiends, and mm. we are covering fiends today, and I have been... Uh, oh, were those those uh, episodes you released and didn't tell us about? I haven't listened about yet? It's okay. You don't need to. It's really just notes for others. You guys know the fiends. It's fine. You're yeah, yeah. We good. we got it on lockdown. Until then, I will get my revenge, Terry. Okay. It will happen. I will come to your house. I will do something with your dog. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> something terrible oh. and not at all sexy. Oh, you want to talk about my dog? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about your dog. You could try and do something to that hundred twenty pound Rottweiler. On second thought, I will come to your house and do something to a lizard, Adam. Because um, I'm afraid of the 120 pound Rottweiler. I have done literally nothing to you, so except exist. Hey, you know what? You don't have beef with me, bud. I'm a neutral party here. I always for have beef a with minimal you. fee, I will choose your side in this. Like Switzerland, and me, like Italy, will change sides constantly. Depends on who's winning. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Uh, it's been do we have like, any downloads like in Italy? Years. We've got lots. We've got Can lots we actually Italy, talk yeah. about how we have an unusually high Sweden. following in Sweden? <laughs> Can, yeah. This is the honest truth. To anyone listening, obviously US and Canada is our two uh, biggest audiences. Australia's, Australia's pretty big yeah, too. Australia. But and Italy, Sweden. Sweden, and Germany are big ones for us. Are they really? Yeah. Okay, subjects yeah. I should not have raised. I just then. did not see that one coming. Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm on the other ah, side of the just... world. I'm okay over here. <laughs> That's what we thought before. Like, <laughs> actually, you, yeah, you thought that about the English Channel, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should have laughed. I mean, we shouldn't laugh. Anyway, speaking of wars, let's. <laughs> <laughs> 
God. That segue gets worse. It just gets worse all the time. It gets worse all the time. I apologize for nothing. I apologize. Anyway. No, we were celebrating Sweden. Thank you. Yeah. Thank oh, you, can Sweden. we give a shout out? Because we don't know who you are. There is one person who religiously, consistently, every week, without fail, downloads our podcast from South Africa. One yes, person. Yes. Yeah. Who are you? Reach, Reach out, out to us, please. Reach out to us. We'll get you something special. Yeah. We'll get Dan to build a piece of furniture for you. Yeah. I'll and, take and not the kind that comes with straps. Specifically like, the kind that comes with straps. No, it comes with padding and stuff. If this person it, wants straps, they get Yeah, they get we, we can strap it on if we want. But there's, and I don't mind saying it because I like showing off about it. We have thousands and thousands of downloads now. Are you? That's right. Are you gonna now promise to do your Pooh Bear shake and that we're still waiting on, and I will bring up every episode until you? Nope. No. All nope. right. Not nope. about that. I don't understand that. Maybe <laughs> it would be very different if I was requesting Pooh Bear shakes from other people. That's my stance on that. Okay. Cool. So, 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 what were you saying? I just want this person from South Africa to reach out to us. Don't be pretending you're from South Africa if you're from fucking Texas or something. I don't hey, care about uh, that. I, I, can't, I can't keep it straight on the freaking map what all of the different states are. There's freaking 50 of them. Why can't you, why can't you be simple like Canadians just have like 10 provinces? Anyway, look, <laughs> there are too many states is the point, but there are two that don't have anybody listening in them. So Who's that? Where's that? I, I, I don't know what they Montana. are. Montana. They're not labeled on it. They're, I, one of them is North Dakota just because South Dakota has... Oh, my, is there people there? So anyway, uh, I can I, look it up. I think there are in North Dakota or which Dakota has the big heads on the mountain, so, not the oh people. God. So, <laughs> oh my God. I believe it's so. Both me and Dad froze. I was like, in six minutes, we've touched on the Second World War. People <laughs> from North Dakota having big heads. Oh my no, that's God! But we celebrated the Swedes, and that's all that's important. Yep, and a shout out to South Africa. And a shout out to South and Africa. Italy. Send us a picture. Prove it's you. I either want a picture next to a lion or you're getting carjacked. Just one of those things and then we know where you are. <laughs> no, those are the Brazilians that listen to us that are getting carjacked. We've got a big Brazilian. If you're listening to us in Brazil, I want to see your butt. Oh, now, okay, now that's too far. Really? Yeah, you The word the... butt in Brazil is too far. I'm a neutral party here. You're not a Yugoloth. Like let's try. Switzerland, we've gone full circle. Okay, let's start the podcast. It was Sweden, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Different country with that. No, I think I'm you understand you're European. That. I'm talking about the new child. Never mind. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we are covering the topic of fiends. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Welcome back to another episode of It's a Mimic. This is episode 25, guys. You know that that means next episode is we've been doing this for a half of a year. Yikes. Oh, it's six months, the next episode? Yeah. yeah. So, no. so uh, it has been uh, a load of fun so far, and I wanted to dig into my favorite monster type. Mm-hmm. I mean, yours is dragons, you said, but um, yeah. I'm all about the fiends. I absolutely love them. I think they're probably the most flavorful and the most varied of all of the different monsters. Because there's so freaking many of them, right? With an undead, you get more undead. Is it incorporeal and does it do necrotic damage? Those are your flavors of undead, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to fiends, there's just such a weird, crazy amount of them, uh, and each one is radically different. So I want to get into that a little bit. Um, did you look up? I, I can't. Out? I can't figure it out on the on, yeah, the, on which, the mobile. Which, app. Which, which, which states are missing? Which state we're missing? So, oh, probably Montana, I imagine. I don't Why? know, man. We got like one or two in just about everywhere. I don't 
And a ton of, well, I mean, New York and LA makes We got sense. a lot in Ohio. We got a lot I don't, in Do you know what? The only reason I think that is because the company oh, I work for, that's the only state that we're not in. Ohio is just the all natural 20s. I guess that's true. Yeah. Right. We got a few in Arizona, too, and that's just dice ministry, right? Like, I know some of the Jamie and Jess, who, like, used to play D&D with us, they moved to Australia. And I'm like, oh, that's where our, our Australian. Mm. No, we got no. a huge swath. No, they're on, yeah. the other, they're on the other side of the continent. It's not them. Like, our numbers are coming from, from the east side. They're on the west side. So. Yeah. Yeah, most Man. of our numbers are coming from, like, Sydney instead of Perth. Also, I just, I said West Said. So, Demons, Devils, and uh, Yugoloths and others. Yep. All right. So, uh, here's just a quick breakdown for those of you uh, who don't know. Um, there are uh, four different kind of categories for uh, what's considered fiends. And fiends are the creatures that are, um, they swing evil, um, every single one of them, and they come from the lower planes. So they're beyond the regular Dungeons and Dragons plane. And uh, the four kinds are devils, which swing lawful evil. They're the arch nemeses, demons, which are chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. And yugoloths, uh, uh, which are neutral evil and sit in the middle. And, uh, and Collect wealth from both parties. Yeah, and then there's the, uh, the generic fiends. So really quickly, devils, they've got... Uh, they exist in the Nine Hells, which is the lawful evil... Um, plane the plane that we have in fifth edition is very similar to i I think they're using the great wheel again Mm -hmm. and so they went to the to the tree what was it the great tree planar tree something like that yes for fourth edition yeah Yeah. but they're back at the great wheel so that every one of these planes kind of uh line up with a alignment right so uh the devils come from the lawful evil uh they've got this way uh the souls that go that get in there are uh, uh, lemures. I've been calling them lemures. I found out earlier today that they're actually pronounced uh, lemures. Uh, it's lemures. Yeah, lemur. That just sounds like a person from Ohio saying lemur. <laughs> Talking right. about monkeys from Madagascar. Lemur. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he was a lemur. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. We'll get the all natural twenties to to say lemur. Okay. Upon other monkey names. <laughs> Um, anyway, so the, uh... Chimpanzee. <laughs> Wait, that's an ape, sorry. Chimpanzee. Sorry, sorry, that's an ape. <laughs> I'm gonna get lit up by them for this. I hope so. Um, so, uh, what happens is th- there's the river sticks that runs through all of the lower planes. There are seven lower planes. So, there's the river sticks runs through all of them and connects all of them. And the crazy thing about the river sticks is that it actually, uh, if you end up getting doused... Uh, with the water in it and you become submerged you lose your memory and all sense of identity and you come out the other side as a very low level fiend and depending on where you pop out you turn into a different kind of low level fiend now if you are particularly evil if you are particularly ambitious or uh, slothful you can turn into a devil and the way that the devils work is that they will actually hire or um, they will promote from within from within their own ranks so they will turn into more powerful fiends, more powerful devils, the higher up that they go. All the way up to, I believe it is CR20, yeah, CR20, up to the pit fiend, right? So um, they've got this hierarchy, and it runs like a proper army. There's structure to it, and there are legions that are run by different generals, and there can be infighting, and every one of the arch devils has their own army. 
but for the most part, they work together to, to fight the horde coming from uh, the Abyss. So the Abyss, I'm going to flip over to the other side for a second, is an infinite plane of infinite chaos. And it is actually, I believe there's lore that says that it was created specifically um, to be just pure madness. I believe also it's the only infinite uh, of all of the of all of the planes. Every one of the planes has levels, and each one of the levels are infinite, but there are an infinite number of levels yeah. in the abyss. Right? My, my problem is they, d- depending on the edition, they change which ones are infinite and which ones aren't. Like I remember, uh, Mount Celestia used to be an inf- infinitely tall mountain. I think it's only like six or seven now. Yeah, so so they they keep on flip flopping either well, way back and forth, and I'm like, I don't know what is, but the abyss has always been infinite. Well, no, the way that Mount Celestia works, and we're not going to do a deep dive in this, but this is the way that all of the planes work. Yeah. Is they're infinite in every direction, so there are just um, each each layer or level of them. You can go forever in any direction, and it's absolutely full of whatever the native creatures are and the gods that walk there and, and so on and so forth. However, they're technically stacked on top of each other, and you can only reach the next one by going through gates or portals from from the most uh, accessible level of it. So that's why we've got Descent into um, Avernus coming, right? And you have to go into Avernus first before you can get to any of the other um, they also the there, there's also right? that theory that the reason why a lot of the blood war is fought on Avernus itself is because that is the spot that is the closest to the abyss and that's where the gate is also to the abyss that's why they that's why a lot of the demons are fighting through the blood war coming in to Avernus there yeah absolutely so so um, and they come down the river Styx and the river Styx flows through all of these entry level positions so one of the ways that you can get from realm to realm, is by getting a boatman to take you. Um, but speaking of the demons, when you lose your identity going through the river Styx and you become a low-level demon and pop out the other side, you don't get raised up. You just stay this horrid little creature, um, these these mains or, or mainez as they've been called. Um, you can You remain this and you just get slaughtered by the bigger demons who just fucking eat you. And that's it. Because the Abyss doesn't actually promote from within. It just spawns demons of different uh, power levels. Now, high-level demons can raise other demons up, but they do it very rarely. You have to be pretty freaking impressive to get a promotion. Is the power that you're, power level that you're spawned at dependent on how powerful you are in life? Like if you're a level 20 wizard, for example, and you die? No, the uh, you are a part of the abyss. Right. So you are, it's not like oh, your right. soul okay. is from. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 So, um, so it seems that all of the devils, and the origin of devils, is there's a few different um, origin stories, and we're not going to get into that this episode, but devils need souls to fuel their army, right? Because they promote from within. Demons just spawn more demons innately. And while they can um, promote from within, they tend not to as a general rule. No. And as a matter of fact, they often prey on each other and eat each other. And it's it's chaotic, right? It just leans right into it. Then in the middle ground, there's the uh, Yugalos. The Yugalos actually do have a very distinct origin story. And it was devils went to a coven of night hags and, uh, who were banished into, I believe it was Hades. And uh, and the um, the devils asked them to make more fiends for us to use in our war. And so the night hag said, "Sure, absolutely, we will do this." Um, 
and we're going to maintain power over them because one of the cool things about fiends is if you know their real name, their true name, then you have power over them and they have to obey you. This doesn't work for the demon lords or the archdevils, but for every other fiend out there, if you know the actual first name of a pit fiend, then you can control it. Yeah. It has to obey you and it can't harm you. So they wrote all of these down in the... the um, these four books. Yeah, these four books. Uh, and they were the Books of Keeping, I believe they were yeah, called. Yeah, that sounds so, right. So, um, anyway, the coven fought each other and uh, all disappeared. The books have been lost to time. And all of the Yugoloths now uh, are just this mercenary group. But you, there aren't more, you can't make more of them. No. Right? So they're a finite number. Now, there's like nigh infinite amounts of them. But what they do is they will actually fight. And the thing about fiends is... If they fight on another plane of existence and they die, they turn into this like black uh, uh, ichor and then immediately show up back on their home plane, popping into existence, mad as all hell, and trying to find a way back to, to wherever they were just killed. But if you kill them on their home plane, they're dead. No. Their soul just disappears and they're gone. Yeah. So Yugolos do everything in their power to get out to the others and they sell their services. They're mercenaries. They can be hired by either side. And they're really crafty about their their contracts. And I think they fool mortals and devils pretty often. I don't imagine they're fooling high-level demons too, or uh, uh, devils no. too often, right? Um, but they're fool, fooling demons. I yeah. think you said devils, but I think you meant demons. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's, I have read so much on fiends in the last de- like, three de- weeks. Devil, de- de- it's all the same. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I would like to note uh, for even the abyss and whatnot, there's not a lot of rule to the abyss. But it seems like the overarching rule within the abyss itself, the one thing that they is kind of an unspoken rule amongst all of them, is they they don't destroy eat like uh, destroy each other's souls. Ultimately, like they don't eat the soul. Like they'll they'll beat they'll beat each other up. They'll kill each other. They'll do all these other things, but they won't destroy the essence of that demon. There are some demons that do, and they are left to the like sidelines. Oh and yeah, shunned from the community of demons because of it yeah and the low level the low level um manas that end up getting killed they actually have it built into them that they will come back yeah uh, even in the home plane they will come back they i think it's 1d10 days or 24 hours mm-hmm. or, there's a mechanic where they just kind of sprout back into existence again into their little their miseries so anyway there are seven um of these planes and we've covered only three different kinds of fiends that come from three different planes. But I don't they're... think you mentioned the Yugoloths are from Gehenna. Yes. Yes, that is, so it's like the Nine Hells, Gehenna, and, and the Abyss. The Abyss. Yeah. And Gehenna is right beside the Nine Hells as well. It's not equal distance between the two. So, mm-hmm. um, But then there's also these generic fiends. Uh, Night Hags, for example, don't fall under any category. Um, the uh, Succubus doesn't fall into any category. Uh, there are howlers. There's there's quite a few, um, and Rakshasa. it's yeah, Rakshasa is another one. They're always strange to me that they kind of got left out, uh, and I wish that they would that they would be more definitive with why some things are some ways and not others. Um, the other thing to to bring up really quickly about the Yugoloths is that there's one Yugoloth that is the leader of all Yugoloths, and he is the general of Gehana. And that's what he's called, and that's and he, he's just the general. And nobody knows where he is. He's walking around the lower plane somewhere with a massive army, and Yugolas want to join his army. 
And his name is the only name that's not written down in the books of keeping. Hmm. So no one knows his name. So he it will be the last Yugoloth standing in theory. Do people like in the army of him, the, his the army of him, his army, do they know who he is though? Well, there's not a whole lot of lore about his army. Like he has a big army and that's what we know. It's like undercover boss. Yeah, kind of, right? But he's just a super powerful Ultraloth. So yeah. I, I thought that was a, a neat thing. They Yugoloths don't have gods or demigods like devils and demons do. Um, and the the kind of generic fiends like, um, like Hellhounds and Nightmares and stuff, they can all play for any team in the lower planes. Or they can just be completely self-serving as well. Uh, so... Anyway, I just wanted to give kind of a breakdown of what we're talking about here, guys, because I want to roll initiative like we always do, and I want to choose. Um, you all right, Terry? Yeah, I'm just selecting my die. All I'm right. I second guess myself. I saw that. I won't trust this ginger one. That's probably safe. All right, so. Um, <laughs> Considering the current occupants of this room, that's probably wise. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my questions are, what's your favorite devil and why? What's your favorite demon and why? What's your favorite Yugoloth and why? Oh, gosh. And what's your favorite generic one and why? Are I we going to roll here. for each of these or one and then we just go all? Well, let's go. De- we'll, we'll roll initiative and, and then, then we'll all do devils and then we'll all do demons. And we'll too. do laps. Yeah, laps okay. around this room. Natural one changed to a 19. Two things went well there. I didn't hit either of your dice and I kept it in the box. All right, so... Uh, devils. Let's do first devils, devils So my uh, chosen devil, uh, one of my favorite devils, uh, is the Narzugan. This is the uh, paladin that made a uh, devilish pact. I like the... Uh, do you figure uh, Narzugan has to ride a nightmare? Um, no. Okay. I, I, I don't think so. I, In fact, that's one of the reasons why... That's one of the things I would do if I was to have him be a... He wouldn't be the main big bad evil guy. But he would definitely be a tertiary threat or a secondary threat that the party has to deal with. Um, and what I would do is I would give uh, one of the party members this infernal tact that they have. Or this infernal tack yeah. that they have, which lets them summon that nightmare. It's just and spurs, then, right? Uh, it, yeah, it's just the spurs. And then the Narzugan is then walking through all of reality hunting this person down for their tack. And that's that's kind of the thing I like. I also like how they are a bit tragic in their creation because I, I, I don't see a paladin. <laughs> Aren't we all dead? Well, these, these guys are like, they. you could really lean into it hard because like, I don't see a paladin, an average everyday paladin saying, oh yeah, I'm just going to make a deal with this devil and go down this path. No, I, I, I just I disagree. I, I think traditionally what you're you're right here with the lawful good and whatnot, but we've got Oath of Conquest. We've got Oath of Vengeance oh, now. We, yeah. I can totally see I someone would, saying, I want the power. Come on. I would lead I would lean into this being a person who is lawful good, who through outside circumstances has been forced to make this deal with the devil and then all of that history, all of that lore, whatever it is, is something the party can uncover while they're being chased by this relentless, like, Mike Myers on the horizon who's making his way yeah. slowly closer, and he will kill you with his Hellfire Lance in an instant. Yeah, like, I, I love this guy. I think you just got to be careful with how you do that. It's not, it's not a deal, though. It's an oath, right? They've sworn an oath. Yeah, but, but in order to become but, uh, a, a Narzagon, you have to make a deal with the devil. Yeah, and, and with devils and contracts, like, these things go hand in hand, right? So this, mm. this is a paladin who 100% knew what he was signing up for. Yeah. 
and yet still signed on the dotted line to do whatever it was. Like I, I, I vision like maybe he's signing it to rescue uh, his uh, oath of protect, uh, oath of devotion uh, person he has to protect. Yeah. If, right? you, if or, you're looking for motivation, just go watch Supernatural. They're always making deals with devils. Exactly. Right. Like, and, and that that's where I see this guy. So never seen it. I, I would love I would love to have a Narzagon. The first five seasons are good. Okay. Then there's like two or three bad seasons, and then they're they go back to being good. so much these days. Yeah. Well, so Terry, I like that one, Dan. That was good. Uh, for me, I like, and I hope I'm going to say this right because I I know Adam, oh, they have said such... three different ways to say this. Erinath. Oh, are, are there? It's an ear, uh, er, ear in ease. So, Irenese so, is how you actually pronounce that. All right. It's a legitimate word, and it's plural for um, uh, an irony. Yeah, which is like a Greek uh, name or monster or something. I always, yeah. I, had, I, I had to look this up. Kay. I always viewed it as like my friend over there. You know, Aaron. Yes. No, 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 no. no. It, it's 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 <laughs> Irenese, definitely. Um, yeah. the, the Irenese for sure because. And you guys know this from playing D and D with me. I kind of I like the well that that kind of military order type character. Like you? I had it with Titus no. and stuff. And, no way. And, and also the thing I don't like with fiends and this sounds this sounds so uh, terrible to say is they're all kind of ugly and I just don't like them <laughs> because it's like why do I want that? Anger? I don't want to like they're just awful to look at. But the ironies are not. I like the idea that they're. They're, they compose as like celestials in that they're kind of beautiful but impressive like with their armor and their weapons and that military style that they have. Um, the thing that I love about them is that they will pose as angels. They won't correct yes. you. People will think they're angels. Yep. And they'll just be like, okay. But that is exactly what I would do. Oh, we, I know. We know. We've like. seen you talk to women. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's more like watching a rock roll down a hill. Just Adam and Dan just walk by as I'm going, yes, I am a dolphin trainer. (laughs) I'm so glad that you deduced that. I am a captain of my own fishing ship. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I I love that military style they have. And also, they got me thinking when I was researching the Aranees as well, is that I don't think... I don't think there's enough loot in the bodies out there in D&D because I think we get past the first few levels and we get over it, but they have fantastic magical weapons that I they will give you a side story arc with regards to cursed yeah. items, sentient items, and interesting rewards for, well done, you killed an Iranese. Yeah. You can try and it's control this sword. Orthon. No, it's, it's, a, it's a rope of uh, of entanglement is what they have. Yeah, they have something. a rope of entanglement, yeah. uh, but then they also have... Uh, oh, what the hell is their sword called? Someone's uh, yelling at me right now. They have a sword that does an additional um, 13 points of poison damage or something because it's hellish in, in, in some sort of way. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that what, what a great reward as well for players if they get to do it. Because I think we kind of we kill the demon or kill the devil, sorry, and then we move on to the next thing. And after the first few levels, we forget to, uh, to loot the bodies. But I like the idea of using this, this type of devil uh, for the rewards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would do the same thing with an Orthon with their infernal dagger and that brass crossbow Absolutely. they have. Like, that crossbow is amazing. Yeah, but you will never get it because it's built into them that they blow up. When they get 15 hit points left, they blow up and all of their shit gets destroyed. Well, what I would do is I would trap the Orthon and take it. Because if they die, it also turns into goo, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so like... Trap them and take it, and then you have a pissed off Orthon while you're using this brass crossbow. Yeah, but either, either whatever way we want to do, I know there's some mechanics which are going to stop some people from taking certain items. But um, I just think we were talking about magical items before that 
we could do wisdom saves or we can have it unlock at a certain level or we can at least just give the players a chance to try and get something from them as a reward which is more than just oh this uh, de uh, devil happened to be carrying 52 gold pieces congratulations yeah yeah, yeah. adam i'm level 15 what did i get 26 gold cool cool, cool. cool. add it cool. to the bag of holding <laughs> david add this to the bag of holding david 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 Call is the tabernacle, damn it! Casca too fair, damn it! I would say that uh, you really are learning French. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm proud of you, Terry. Me and RPG Yogi are practicing our French on each other. I'm not even touching yeah, that Yeah, no, one. no, not with a 10 foot ball. No. It's poor Yogs. Anyway. <laughs> um, By French in that mean. Nope. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Oh, nope. nope. We're going to leave you nope. hanging on that nope. one. No. Nope. All right, so. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> so okay on to my answer so we can get the fuck away from this conversation real quick is um i wanted to go with with the uh, abishai because i absolutely love them as dragon cultists but really there's not a whole bunch more that, to say about it there are five different kinds they're all different they're in modern kinds and uh and they can be behind your dragon campaign mm -hmm. right when you're done um rise of tiamat and you want to keep playing with more dragons and stuff you can just have some Abishai in the background running shit. Um, there aren't very many good cultists. Um, there are like, there aren't many are very many effective cultists beyond low levels. Unless you're starting to give, you know, magic items to NPCs and shit. These monsters are built to be cultists, and I I really like them for that. I did like in uh, uh, Mordenkainen's there is a section for running a cult leader of the of the specific like. Yeah. Uh, uh, archdevils. I had to make sure I got that right. Yeah. Specific archdevils and how they get these inherent magical innate abilities based off whoever they are cult leader of. Yeah. Right? And so I, I don't know. I really like like the Abishai. Um, the other one that's really similar to that is the. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can remember how to pronounce this. Oh, it's it's the Maragons. Um, these guys are the fallen evil soldiers and guards and and um, mercenaries that. Um, they, they've died in the line, like, in the service of doing evil. So their souls, they don't go through the basic hierarchy like everybody else. They just come back as faceless, and they literally have no face. Faceless guards, and they wear a mask that's like the mask of a, a child's face over their head. and But it's completely blank. It's like a neutral mask. And, not... the, and the only thing about it is there are these these markings on it that, that say who their boss is, like who they follow. And they are willing to die no matter what. These are henchmen, but they're CR4 henchmen. And they're usually going to come in groups of like six. So for those of you that can do quick math, that's the CR24. That's like 72. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those of us who aren't Terry. I'm not here for numbers. I do not know but, math. But if you have a, a Narzagon, for example, who's a CR12 or 13, I can't remember. right? And you put three or four of these guys around... They've got this thing where if you target someone, another fiend that's beside them, they will jump in the way. Yeah. They will get like right in the way and take the hit for yeah. they, they will secret service the hell out of that hit, yeah. Yeah, and I absolutely, I absolutely love that level of flavor. We're getting things, Mordenkainen's is so good. When it comes down to the monster manual, it's like, this one has more hit points and claws. But in Mordenkainen's, they all got motivations and they've got histories. Do they have a mechanic which allows them to jump in the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah as a reaction. 
beautiful. Yeah, isn't that fun? That would be so good in an encounter. Right. And I mean, if you think how frustrating it is, the go- goblins have a similar thing. Yeah. The goblin boss could be like, nope, you try to hit me. Just but the old yeah. yeah, but the goblin boss grabs a goblin and puts it in the way. These yeah. things jump in the way at oh, Their cool little feet would be coming up and everything. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we, we did gobbles. Yeah. And we will again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's move on to demons. Uh, do we want to ro- re-roll or no, just keep let's, going? No, let's, let's just go. run. All right. Uh, for me, I would... No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, you're first because I hate you. Yeah, you, yeah, I rolled the natural one and then you hit my dice and I got a 19. And I came second. Yeah, so you're going... That makes him go last, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, where he belongs. Uh, so I would... Hey, I never come first. <laughs> Adam. Trying yes, to... Please. What? We got to make a comeback after I made a, a joke about French kissing RPG Yogi. <laughs> we can't. We have to be behave now. When he talks about going last and you talk about making a comeback, I'm uncomfortable with both of those. Okay, comma. Um, I would like You're to. You're dragging us down. I would like to uh, bring forth to my favorite demonic entity of the Sibriex. I freaking love this thing. Oh, it tra- yeah. yeah, it is gross. It is just this. It's a oozing, disease ball sack. It's a disease ball sack with a face. How big is it? Is, are they huge? They are huge. But it is a huge diseased ball sack. Like yeah. one big one, one little and one. And it spawns uh, Rudderkin, yeah, Abyssal it Wretches, all of these other little things. And it moves through the abyss um, and, and the plains and everywhere, polluting the ground that it, it travels and creating these uh, other demons. It is the creation of the demon, but they also love to uh, collect knowledge. You and I do not like the same type of fiends. That would <laughs> yeah, be like bottom you, of my list. You, 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 I'm like, uh, give me the you're beautiful. like, I want the beautiful one. I was like, I want the ugly, diseased ball sack. <laughs> yeah, I, I like them because they, and they've got a mechanic for it too, where they can turn, um, they can just like sprout these rudderkin up. Yeah. And then the rudderkin run around and they hit you. And rudderkin are these nasty, misshapen kind of crazy oh, yeah. assholes. Because it's just warping things with, with yeah. like bizarre body horror level stuff. And then if they kill someone, they become they become a, an abyssal wretch. Or no, not no. Other way around. Uh, if they spawn the abyssal wretch, and if the abyssal wretch kills someone, they become rudderkin. That, and oh. then these rudderkin move around. I think you're wrong. That's just ghastly. Well, either way, the the Sibriax got uh, they will uh, warp the flesh of things around them. They will um, collect these ancient things of lore. They are just smart and dangerous and... Greedy. I, greedy. I view them kind of like overlords from StarCraft, where they're just kind of floating around, and then all of a sudden, these things will just spawn from them and run through. Of course, in the StarCraft thing, they're stored inside, and then you let them loose. But, like, they're just these gross... Like they gloop, like there's a moist dripping noise Stop as they walk. All along. of the worst words in our language. <laughs> it's just all like dripping and drenched. Stop it's like ball sack and dripping and gloop and moist. These are the worst pus words. and viscera. Oh my god! Erupting from it. Uh. boils and like <laughs> nodules. Wow. There's oh, goiters everywhere. Goiter. Nodules goiter gets me. I don't like that word. Uh, uh, I don't like goiter. I'm I'm not a fan of like a polyp. Yeah, polyps are gross word too. A- a- anyway, and, and these things contain all of them. Yeah, but but the crazy thing about them is that they act as omens for for other demons. Like demons will come to them and be like, "Hey, I need you to tell me how to do this." Uh, even high powered, even like demon lords will come to them and ask them for stuff, and and they will they they don't control armies, but it's Rudderkin. They spawn the Rudderkin, okay. and the Rudderkin turn people if. 
you die from the Rudderkin's bite, then you become an abyssal wretch. Okay, cool. So, yeah. but this thing creates this little horde around him. You give him a day, and now he's got a couple of hundred of these Rudderkin. So there's this mob that moves around him, and then they will move through like a town. Oh, then it's just a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. and so this shit can get out of hand very, very quickly. There's just a couple things in in terms of their stats that I want to bring to mind. They have a 25 int. This is more than... A 25 int? Int. Intelligence. Their intelligence is a 25. They are wicked smart. They're smarter than most ancient dragons. Wicked smart. Wicked, wicked smart. smart. Um, also, Shout like most people Boston. from New England, they squirt bile. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Well, each of us has managed to offend somebody in this podcast, yeah. so we're doing very well. <laughs> screw you, Boston. No, uh, not screw Boston. <laughs> we love Boston. Uh, not in Vancouver, we don't. Not their hockey team, we don't. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind their see, football yeah. team. I don't mind their football team. I'm 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 pro Brady, but oh yeah, you. I don't like their hockey team. What other football team? Fuck Boston. <laughs> and you're from New England. I'm from the original England, motherfuckers, and that was pretty good. <laughs> so, anyways, okay, they sell that very much. So, Terry <laughs> so and the Sibriex squirt bile um, that does a uh, astounding 10d6 acid damage with a DC 20 dexterity save. What? These, they're CR 18. They're though. CR 18. You're not throwing this up against CR even 15. This would wipe a party. And it's well, these things are never going to be alone either. They're going be to be surrounded, surrounded by, by, by these rather well. and stuff. So, yeah. man, I freaking love these things. Terry, what you got for a demon? Ugh. Ghastly. I'm just going to put my Diet Coke down from McDonald's. Um, Sponsor us. <laughs> Sponsor us. Um, Shadow Demon. Oh, yeah? And I tell you for why. Oh, for why, Harry? For why? Tilly <laughs> potatoes. That was supposed to be well, so it didn't come up. I tell you for why. Um, because I was watching The Haunting of Hill House recently, again, because I love it. And it reminded me of Shadow Demons, even though there was going to be a Shadow Demon type thing in there. If that, I think we need more of that slow, creep, terrifying type horror. I don't know if you've seen The Haunting of Hill House. Yep. Spoiler alert. Three, two, one. What horror movies can do will do in like 90 minutes. This show does over episodes and episodes, right? So that, that you know, the, there's the scene which usually goes for about three minutes where you build up, build up, build up. There's oh, probably a term the, for it. The, the tension know. and the dread is palpable in this movie so yeah but in a, in a movie series. movie like a 90 minute movie that scene will last three minutes in this tv show because they have the time it will last 15 minutes that scene where he's under the bed yeah and they, oh my god how that i was on the edge for 15 minutes in that scene and i just think that we can do if it's done correctly you could do this with shadow demon you could have a lower level party or a mid-level party go into a town where there's the children are complaining about they're seeing things at night shadows yeah. on the walls then we can build this sort of slow terrifying creep the, and it's a bit of a mystery to it as well what is it the, the other really cool thing about this is that they're gonna think shadows first right shadow demons are more powerful than shadows mm -hmm. they got beefier stats yeah but the thing about shadow demon is if for some reason a demon can't get back to the abyss then they become a shadow demon if they die in the prime material plane mm -hmm. the same way that a a person will become a shadow under specific circumstances, right? So you can have some sort of tragedy. You can have a mystery worked into the background where a demon got caught. They corrupted the area, or maybe they possessed somebody. Demons have all of these rules about possession. Devils don't seem to, right? So, yeah. Um, and, then, and then the person dies, and the shadow demon gets stuck. 
right? Can you imagine like a cleric is like, oh, okay, fine. If the if the kid is dying, it's the exorcist. If she dies, you die too, mm-hmm. right? And now they become a shadow demon, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm all over that. I think yeah. it's a lot of fun. I th- I, yeah, and we could just do a little bit of a mystery with it, trying to figure out what it is. But then I also like that what Adam does to us all the time, which is that impossible. That thing with my finger? With that, the, Adam? Where he no? spins wow. it a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Okay, no. <laughs> you caught me off guard with that. Because I, I know I usually drop those types of grenades on you two and just see how you react. Yeah. You caught me off guard with How's that it one. feel, motherfucker? Was, uh, <laughs> How's it fucking feel? I don't know, man. Damn, you gotta take it back about 20% there, bud. <laughs> okay. Squirrely down. I forgot what I was saying. But I also love the impossible decisions <laughs> that Adam gives us. Yeah. So what you were just talking about, about however you want to do it, like if, if you kill Adam, the child dies, or whatever, whatever impossible decision we can come up with, a shadow demon. I love those. They uh, hurt me. I also love the idea of, of um, you, you learn that if a demon can get, a demon will warp back. So there's a way to trap the soul. It's some magic circle or mm-hmm. something, right? Mm-hmm. And so you trap the soul and then you'll kill the Nafeshni or the or the uh, Glaber Zoo or something, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, we won. And now it's a shadow demon that's yeah. coming back for revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those those monsters that, just keeps on giving. Yeah. I would also have it like just sit and rest so the party has some time to generate hope, get relaxed, and then this shadow demon's coming in and possessing an NPC or... Oh, yeah, they're going to loot the room first, yeah. right? And in the middle of looting the room, all of a sudden, they're like under attack. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for whatever reason, this shadow demon becomes obsessed with a particular party member and just stalks them, yeah. haunts them, Love follows it. them. All right, so for me... I'm going to go all the way over to Ravnica. I'm going outside the box on this one, guys. Wow. And I'm going with the the CR9 uh, Master of Cruelties. This uh, this speaks to me. I was an evil clown literally for work for a while. So <laughs> it's just your hobby. Yeah. It's just a personal hobby. That's me on Tuesdays, right? <laughs> Before so, you got lit on fire, uh, which is a story you've told multiple times on the podcast. No, no. That was after I got lit on fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the purge will do that to you. Then. <laughs> um, these guys are the ringleaders of the cult of Radkos. Um, the thing that I like about them is that they work the audience into a bloodlust and a fervor, and they've got a radius so that you end up getting this like a, a, this ecstasy pouring out of you, and you want to harm other other members, and they just create oh my God, chaos. I love this. this is going like the purge. Do you have a picture? Uh, I don't. What was the name again? Sorry, the Master of Cruelties. Oh, it's in it, It's in Ravnica. Yeah, I don't have that book, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it, it's so cool because um, the audience members will actually murder and destroy each other. And this thing has got, it's large, and it's got like a face, um, like a skull, and it's got like, like twisting horns coming out of its head. But it's got this aura. And the aura of bloodlust is just, uh, it's such a cool way to... To murder a town of NPCs. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as you think about these guys in, like, the circus, because Radkos is supposed to be circuses and nightclubs, I really like the idea of this guy, like, standing in the middle of a small village and having CR3 or CR2 demons grabbing people and dragging them, dretches, dragging people out of their homes. Love that. And then and they get close to him and they start to laugh. And everyone that he flays the skin off of, the rest of them just end up in this freaking orgy of blood, right? Not to be confused with the blood orgy, that's very different. Yeah. Um, but but they get just so exalted in this moment, and they absolutely love the idea of this violence, and they will lash out at each other, and he just has to stand there. Yeah. I, I love he, the idea. I can imagine 
villagers and NPCs terrified as they're being dragged into the huge circus tent, but then moments later, in ecstasy, screaming and running out of the circus tent. I, I, but but they don't even no because his he's got a radius of 120 feet on this thing. Huge, right? Right, that's massive. And if someone dies within the radius, he regains hit points. He just becomes more and more powerful the more that this happens. So, oh man, that just screams death spiral as well, though. Yeah, at a CR nine, right? Like, yeah. I think that in the right hands with the right DM, he could function against a level thirteen party. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah for sure. I, 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 I would hesitate to use him in a lot of this stuff from uh, Rachnos. Is what it called? Radkos. Radkos. Um, only because it it screams to me of like insane clown posse and the dark carnival and all this stuff from just because you were juggling in high school, Dan. I, I actually was. I so like I, I it could get bad though if you've got a party of if you have a fighter, a barbarian, and a monk, for example. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, they're, it's they're not going to go well. They're all dead. So like I would view it as a bit of a challenge actually to to really make it something unique and terrifying. I see. I don't think no. Here's the thing. I'm playing to the horror it, of it. Yeah, no, but you keep thinking of it like they're clowns, and they're not. They're just ringleaders. These are. There's nothing about them that that are clowns at all. They are just big, large size. They look like uh, big, scary ogres that stand there, and they just have this wave of palpable um, uh, chaos and insanity coming off them. Right? Like, there's no badass. There's no makeup to this. They're not laughing and bouncing around. That's cacklers. Yeah. Right? So that's the, that's the Radkos. Yeah. But the other Radkos demons themselves aren't. They're all about just the the insanity that they can cause. And this guy's got mind-altering spells, too. Like, oh. he, he's going to mess with people something fierce. And I really, I really like that because your players are not going to understand what's happening because he's not attacking. He's just standing there. He's just standing reveling. there as people are like literally using whatever they have at hand, like their fingernails or like a fork or like whatever they can to murder the shit out of their wives and children and shit. And I'm like, yeah. and the children are trying to fight back and they're all laughing and smiling and mad as they do it. I mean, that's that's a new kind of scary. If you mix this with some sort of item or shape changing ability, you can have this, uh, this fiend be like a little girl or whatever kind of terrifying joke you want to play oh, yeah he, he, he has the ability to charm yeah. too right like he can very easily tell you that you know ignore me it's fine yeah so i don't know i think it's a lot of i i, I think it's a lot of fun that's awesome so uh let's move on to yugoloths Dan? all right uh so we are currently in the thralls of a uh blood orgy no god no <laughs> uh the what happens at a blood orgy uh it's like an orgy of blood but you know, we'll save it for the other podcast. We'll save it for the other podcast. Uh, Dan has a link on his BDSM website. Which no one will ever get the uh, information for. So, uh, I... DM me. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in the middle of a pirate campaign, an ocean campaign, like, lots of ocean warfare, everything else. So, I would love to pull on the Hydroloth and, and use the Hydroloth uh, as kind of a um, external villain uh, that is stealing the memories from a key NPC that you need to uh, go and... Um, there's no real uh, rule in here for saying, like, kill it and it gets its memories back no. kind of stuff. But I would definitely throw that in so that you have to kill the Hydroloth, Hydroloth to get its to get this NPC's memories back, and I would use that. They're like these frog-like... Uh, you just like every things. frog monster that comes I in. do. Yeah, uh, Banderhobs. Uh, I freaking love Banderhobs, too. Like they're they're 
Mordecai and Tome of Foes really was a gift to me as a human being. I yeah. love this book. But uh, the Hygeloth is this uh, medium frog-sized creature that will sap the memory. And all they want is they want to eat the memories um, for the creatures that are in and around the River Styx. Pull them out of the River Styx, throw them in some sort of uh, swamp in the middle of a river campaign with surrounded by Benderhobs and slods and various other frog-like themes and have like a five or six uh, session arc where you are trying to get to the find and get to the Hydroloth to uh, renew the memory of a key NPC for some but, sort. But here's the thing about Yugoloths is, and this is such an important thing, that's built right into them is they have to have a motivation. Mm -hmm. And the motivation is usually just someone paid me to do this. Yeah. But I see every Yugoloth, except maybe for Ultraloths, but every Yugoloth, whatever they're doing is um, is a stepping stone to the next bigger, badder person, right? Mm -hmm. So who's running your Hydroloth? Well, I would say uh, the that NPC has key information to figure out who committed this heinous crime. So I would say the... the, the um, like the town, a town nobleman who was just running this murder ring of some sort, what found out that this guy was witness, so he contacted and made a deal with the hydrolith, hydroloth to steal that person's memories from that event. Okay. Right? So, so now your party is trying to get that to re, to like get this nobleman and uh, turn him in. So that's mm. the, I would pull this whole investigation. Uh, private investigator uh, theme to this entire thing with the swamp and frogs. Love it. Frogs are creepy. I don't like frogs. Hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're just no. I'm I'm good with. I'm all about them. I'm totally on board. Which is why I love using them in my campaigns because they make me feel icky. So, <laughs> do you like to feel dirty? Yeah. Uh, no, I I go with what makes me uncomfortable in the games, and I'll put it in my games because if I, I must feel be in a lot of your games, you are, <laughs> you are in various different incarnations. That sometimes just shows I'm always that. nude. It's weird. Always, Terry. Always. What, Terry, just what do you nipples got? Nipples for days. Uh, all six of them. Okay, uh, Arcanaloth. Yeah, and I tell you for why. Oh, for <laughs> why, Terry? For why? <laughs> okay. You like uh, jackals? Because, well, they are jackal-like, and I do like, I suppose I like jackals, I don't know. Because you like using your furry of blows? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. What does it kind of look like? Okay, I do not like Arcanalos. <laughs> I'm off. Well, Arcanalos can look like anything else. They're reverse furries, right? Like, yeah. they, they will, yeah. they, they look like a furry, they look like a... a they're like a, like uh, a anthropomorphic. They're jackal, like they're right? kind of a line between that jackal fox kind yeah. of mix. There, yeah, yeah. fox like, yeah, fox jackal like, foxy. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Anyway, okay, anyway. I like, and I I've touched on it, and I'll say it time and time again. But this is what I like about this game. I like those awful, difficult, tough decisions you have to make. And I have this amazing idea for an Arcanola NPC, which is the ally that you do not want to have, but they are incredibly intelligent. Incredible spellcasters. Oh, by the way, they may they may look like a little foxy jackal thing, but if they're walking around with spells such as finger of death, chain lightning, mind blank, banishment, if they're I walk around with finger of death. <laughs> Again, the way he spins it. We already talked about that. Yeah. But you Le know those, <laughs> <laughs> those those are uh, those allies you kind of have in the game where you don't guys. I swear to God, no, 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 just looking at me spinning a finger. Like a kinky Doctor Evil. 
<laughs> Don't put it near your mouth. Professor Evil. I like the idea because this is what happens in D&D. NPC either dies because the party's not interested in them or decides that they're their best friend and no one's going to kill them no matter what and they'll follow the party around forever. I like the NPC allies that you don't want to have, that you do not trust, but it comes to that point where it's like, oh, I don't have the answer for this, but I know who will have it. That are Borgin! <laughs> yeah, Borgin. <laughs> exactly. Or Bruns to a lesser degree. Yeah, uh, right? Sorry, for those of you who don't play in our campaign, which is Bor- Borgin was a dwarf cannibal. The other 7,000 hey, people. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the drunk and gnome investigator loved that guy. Okay, yeah. but those NPCs yeah. where it's like, I know who has the ha- answer, but we have to go and deal with his bullshit. Oh, it's probably going to be expensive. Or oh, you're going amongst the party. Okay, what loot or magic items have we got? Because he's probably going to want something, but we will get the answer. If, if, I'm, a, if I'm a DM within Arcanaloth, I'm going to say, okay, I will do, I will go this far, mm-hmm. um, but I, and then I would turn to whoever the spellcaster is. I'm probably thinking your, um, uh, what is it for, for warlocks? Charisma. It's, no, 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 the, uh, the tome. The, uh, Pact of the Tome? Pact of the Tome, thank you. Um, or or a wizard because they've got all their spells written down yeah. and you can just walk up and be like I will give this to you but you need to what level 6 spells do you have that I can have access to yeah exactly right. where they, they know it's going to be expensive really expensive and they and it doesn't cost the rest of the party the rest of the party's like fine but the wizard is like I'm going to give this horrible spell to this guy who is very evil yeah do I do this but you may be in a the enemy of my enemy is my friend Type thing, and I'm going to bring Joseph Stalin up for the third time in one of our podcasts. But you know the whole like, what was the what was the phrase that Churchill said? Was it a a lion bed with a monster, so I don't dance with the devil, or something like that? Which is the whole point of the allies of that. But anyway, the the, the Arcanaloth situation could be one of those situations where you'll get what you need, you'll get the answer, mm-hmm. but it's going to be expensive, yeah. and it might be ugly. I would like to point out that uh, you called him Doctor Evil, and you pulled from uh, I called Austin you Doctor Powers. Evil. And you didn't say Goldfinger? Like, it's... No, you no, were that, holding your that, finger up to your mouth yeah, and spinning yeah. it. I know, but, I, like... I, I just held it up to point it at the ceiling. You, you held it, like, no, at you your s- mouth. No, you spun it and glared at me That's your what you took away eyes. from the content I just provided? Yes, it was. Fans. Adam, what's your favorite Yugoloth? <laughs> I'm with you, Terry. <laughs> um, so, you guys... You guys tend to pick the high-level guys, right? When, when it, Yeah, I and, think that's just... Uh, well, I just don't like peasants, to be honest. <laughs> um... All right, so first and foremost, I'm just going to drop this little nugget on you. There is a Yugoloth that exists, the, the Durgoloth. I'm not, this is not my choice, but I just want to tell you, if you line up the battlefield correctly, he can attack 20 enemies in a round. Tell me how. Uh, melee attacks. He just, if he moves far enough. He's got enough, that uh, tentacle thing, right? He, no, he's got, he, no, he's got claws. He just whirlwinds. He's got, and he just spins? He just spins and walks. And that's oh, it. yeah, that thing, yeah. What's the name of it? The Durgoloth. Anyway, yeah. that that's not my answer. I, I just I just you like, just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, there. I just want to throw that because you like weird mechanical things. I do. Yeah, spit on me and hurt me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> With fiends like these, who needs enemas? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, because the quote is actually enemies, but Adam said animas because we were discussing animas is when you got hot soapy water up your what? <laughs> <laughs> also known as the sound you make Why when that happens. We... Anyway, uh, my answer, though, uh, is the Morenoloth. Now, in case you haven't noticed, they're all, you could tell a Yugoloth because their name ends with Oloth. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not <laughs> really well. Yeah, mm. um, 
So the cool thing about them that I like is uh, these guys are the boatmen that get you down the river sticks. Uh, these are another addition from uh, Mordenkainen's uh, Tome of Foes. And not only are do they have these boats and they will ferry you back and forth, and they're only CR3, but you can actually convince them to give up their job and come captain another ship. And they will captain it, and they... It's like its like Davy Jones for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's what I immediately yeah. went into my head. But they bond with the ship, and then the ship becomes their lair, and they have, like, a lair action. They can choose what they want to do. Holy shit. What's uh, the name of this feed? The, the Morenoloth. Dan Moreno. Uh, um, and so, uh, it has got three lair actions, including heal the, ship by, uh, heal the ship by 4d10, or increase the ship's speed by 30 feet for a round. Or fill the ship with strong winds that act as difficult terrain. Ooh. And then on top of that, they also imbue it with a regional effect. And so they have to choose one. But uh, they're, so it, one of them is people don't get hit by this difficult terrain. Um, uh, another one is that the ship always stays on course. But then the last one is the ship cannot sink, even if it's breached. Oh, geez. So not only can it heal it as a lair action, but it can be like, it never sinks. Right, and it's got all like it's just a crazy amount of fun, um, as far as a mercenary ship captain, right? And I like the one where the ship has to, it'll always stay on course, right? So even if you kill it, the ship will get to its destination regardless, right? I just think that it's a lot of fun, and you can run into them. I I feel like players are chaotic enough that they would run into a boatman on the river sticks and be like, "Hey, you want to work with us?" And he'd be like, "Yes." Yeah, like how difficult is it going to be to convince them to leave their job? It has to be to another boat, right? right? Like you're not going to convince them to go hang out in a castle somewhere. Um, but the but they, they're the cloaked grim reaper, right? Like they're the traditional um, like boatman, the ferryman that takes you to yeah. the afterlife. The only way you're getting into castles is if there's a moat and a big one. Yeah, they're just going to run laps around. <laughs> yeah, just, they are the alligator you put in the moat. I love that. But, uh, and they, they've got a bunch of spells too. And it's all like weather or water related spells. Like, I think it's control water and control weather they have in, the, and they've got like gust and stuff as yeah. well. So I just thought it was really cool flavor. And they're CR3. What an incredible encounter, though. I'm just, I've got all these ideas for these spells right now on this ship and things. And can you imagine that this guy is the captain of the ship and then now give them a ship full of Yugoloths on the Astral Sea that you've got to fight mm-hmm. as well, right? And you blow holes in the side of it with your awesome weapons because you're tier, like, three. You're level 13. You're blowing holes in it, and it just will not sink. Mm-hmm. Right? And then high-level Yugoloths are, are coming over. I just think that's a lot of fun. Or even, like, what if what if the Gith mm-hmm. hired one of these guys? I, I think they often would as well. Like that's oh, just, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I just... You just got to get really creative with this. And, uh, yeah, encounters can be made so much more difficult if you... If you use the spells and the environmental things correctly, and I, I just got loads of ideas for that. It's awesome. Well, we just we just talked about that with the white dragons, right? Like yeah. white white dragons are not really powerful, and then we're like, oh wait a minute, yeah. use them appropriately. Yeah. No one's really powerful until you put them underneath a frozen lake and start blasting people, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Anyway, let's let's move to the last one. Dan, you would you like to cough? Yes, I would. <coughs> I just I sensed it. All <laughs> right. So so which one of the generic fiends? Um, I actually, I fought back and forth for a while. I was like, ah, oh, let's do like, uh, uh, Howler or let's do, uh, um, a Succubus or an Incubus or, or something like that. 
man, you just can't get better than Rakshasa. You can't. Mm. As a villain for a campaign. Speaking of furries. Hey, uh, well, not even necessarily, right? Like, they are shape changers. They are evil. No, they're not, though. It's all illusion magic. They're not literal shape changers. Still works in my book. Like, uh, like having them. right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not going to ask. Uh, the Having them as a villain in a campaign is something that is uh, something I really enjoy about our current campaign now is my character has one as a nemesis. Uh, these things are self-serving. They are uh, manipulative. They uh, will use whatever they can and their vast intelligence they're very they're very prim and proper as well like they're very yeah. proud creatures well, yeah well they used to be devils right they did yeah and then and then now they're just generic fiend well they, um, they created these bodies and imbued them with their souls and sent them out right yeah so uh i i honestly i love the rakshasa and i also like the backward hand thing like you, you can't say rakshasa with Oh, I, th- I think it's intriguing. Because it's ugly and weird. <laughs> That's the only reason. But they're elegant tiger men. Why, like, why is their fucking hand backwards, Dan? Uh, magic? No, no. I don't know if there's an actual reason. No, I don't. No, you misunderstand me. Not how. Why? Because. <laughs> Be- because, because it's weird. And because fiends should have a certain amount of body horror with them. Uh, the thing that I like about the uh, Rakshas is that... So all of these devils, if you kill a devil, it turns into uh, Icar, and then it pops up back in the Nine Hells. It's like, oh, fuck the heroes. I'm going back. They're just, yeah, they're Skeletor. And so, yeah. I'll be back. Right? And But um, with the Rakshasa, they don't do that. It takes months for them to recorporealize. It's incredibly painful. It is a form of torture for them. And then they inherently know ways back into the Prime Material Plane. So your players... May kill one at level 13 because it's CR 13. They're going to show up at CR 18 with its buddies, right? You're not done with this guy. Yeah. You yeah. have to go to the nine hells to get rid of this thing. And and the one thing about uh, Rakshasas that I, I think gets overlooked as a feature is they could just straight up ignore any spell of sixth or lower level that is cast on them. Ooh, they just go, yeah. no, I don't want to be affected by that. Yeah. Holy shit. And it's, it's not a reaction. It's not anything. It's just... It doesn't work. It's not even like they choose. It just bounces the fuck off. Them. Unless wow. they choose to be affected by it. So, like, if they... Like, they, a like, large... They'd be like... Yeah. Yeah, it'll look at how much bigger it is. Exactly. Oh, you made me... <laughs> you made me burp. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I think they're immensely powerful. They are uh, fun to use. And they are that recurring... Again, that mid-level villain. I wouldn't use them as like a campaign ender, but I would definitely have them as a recurring. I think they're tertiary per- threat. They're perfect to be Saruman. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, after you're done the campaign and you go home, and there's just some guy that's like moved into the to your hometown and is like enslaved everybody specifically waiting for you with just a bunch of guys with wands of counterspell because fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Right. And they're they're just going to like. Now you watch. Now you watch. You watch me stab your wife. Yeah. Look at this. Okay. I'm not killing her. I'm not killing her. I'm just, just poking with a knife. Can't do anything about it, can you? Just going back home and someone's poking your wife, that's going to that's gonna bother you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're into that well, kind of thing. Well, some people are into that. You know yeah. what? There's arguments for it. Uh, yeah. The c- Next. Cuckatrice. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? 
<laughs> Terry, what do you got? Some people into it, man. It's fine. You know what? It's all right. Okay. You do you, man. I mean, whatever exactly. you want to do while you're strapped to one of Dan's pieces of furniture. Exactly. And I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but yeah. Okay. And in that vein, mine is, you guessed it, say it with me. Succubus. Hold on. Right. Hold on. We're going to let him do this and then I'm going to ruin his day. Okay. Do your thing. Succubus. Yep. Did you just call me you bus? <laughs> no, I thought you were going to ruin my day. No, 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 no. You do your thing. Good. Do your spiel. I'm going to ruin your day. Because mine is Incubus, and we're going to have a talk about this afterwards. Okay. Should I get up and leave and let you guys talk about your... Oh, yeah. We're going to cross swords over this. Okay. okay. Yeah. Why am I sitting... But This is why you want me to okay. sit between you, isn't it? I like a roleplay heavy campaign. Okay. Let me make my point, Dan, before you interrupt me on this. Okay. I like a roleplay heavy game. Jerry I just know. Wants to fuck Shut you. the fuck up! <laughs> I noticed that I'm allowed to interrupt him. Yeah, no, he loses his shit well, when I do it. No, what, this is what, what Adam does is lets you make a point and then counterspells it. Yeah, but absolutely. Dan just they cast blur. I am the Muppet of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not Zeidberg? Okay, <laughs> shut up. All right. Okay, because I know they have their abilities related to the general succubus thing and the seduction thing and stuff like that, but I prefer, because I like a roleplay heavy campaign, that this is done not necessarily using an ability, but just a long term roleplay of actually making a PC find an NPC that they fall in love with and they become attached to and blah blah and they have that whole sort of connection and then over time and then the big reveal that it was a succubus so it wasn't necessarily the mechanical ability but it's heavily suggested that that's what was done to them mm-hmm. because I like to torture people and play with their emotions and I know how much that would hurt me and if you have people to get attached to their NPCs and get sucked into these types of things I think you can cause some real emotional havoc with succubus yeah. more than just oh they try to fuck you like that Yep, I'm I still you. find it weird that they're not. Uh, they used to be devils, didn't they? No, never. Or fiends? Uh, sorry, demons? Demons? Nope, never. They've always been generic fiend. I've always no, yeah, no. I always like lump them in with demons. Hmm. That's weird because they're not chaotic at all. They've got very specific rules. So Terry, sorry, I just want to do a part two of my thing, guys. Sorry, Adam, yes. I meant to say this part, but I was I mentioning earlier about. Um, NPCs where it's like you don't necessarily want them, but you kind of need them. So I even like the idea of a, a, the the succubus succubus reveal happening, and then kind of like what happened with Jamie and the dragon, where he's like, "Is it really a problem? Like, yeah. man, it's kind of working for me, or there's something I'm getting something out of it, or like I don't mind what deal they want with me or whatever." And I feel like you could just make really interesting story arcs with succubuses if you just don't get too stuck on the mechanics of they show up and then they do their kiss thing or whatever, but actually use their their characteristics long term. I think it could be a, it could be pretty emotionally traumatizing. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. Yeah, I'm gonna bust out the, some of their mechanics at you, and I want you to pay attention. Sure. This comes with a twist. Okay. Um, first of all. Uh, they don't just show up as, as fiends at first. Mm-hmm. They show up as um, phantasmal forces. Like, they're uh, sitting there in an ethereal state, and they are slowly corrupting your thoughts and your dreams until finally the seed has been planted within you yeah. that they will then make themselves known, but of course they don't look like themselves. They have the giant bat wings or whatever. Um, but it's written right into it that these are not your, your horny, sexy fuck demons that we know from previous Mm-hmm. Right. What what we have now are they can seduce, but it's it's the seduction of of corruption. 
right? And it says that it, that an incubus, I'm going off the incubus lore on this mm-hmm. because it, incubus and succubus are the same yeah. entry, right? An incubus um, can um, actually be just as effective by befriending you. And then you have to succumb to the three betrayals. And the three betrayals, the first one is the betrayal of thought. So you have an evil thought. And then there's betrayal of words. So you say something evil. And then there's the betrayal of deeds. So you do something evil. And then this thing starts to, it's got its hooks in you now. And you are ripe to have your soul pulled down to hell. These are uh, all over the lower planes. They're all over the prime material plane. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows who is who. Uh, Grazit, the uh, Grats, yeah. um, uh, he's a demon. Uh, he's demon an archdevil, lord. isn't he? No, he's a demon lord. Demon. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. used to be an archdevil. He's a demon lord now. He's the most beautiful. You'll like him, Terry. He's the most beautiful. He absolutely loves um, having uh, children with mortal women and making like half demon <laughs> cambions. But but the coolest thing about him is that he's got. A very unique kind of incubus or succubus um, that follow him around, and they are—they're um, actually uh, his consorts. Like he's got a harem of these things. Yeah. Um, and when they have a cambion, the cambion is usually red skinned that looks like a devil. It's got horns and whatnot. His are black skinned, and they've got cloven feet, and they look really evil. Yeah. Um, so there's some lore built right into whether or not a succubus or an incubus. If they spawn with each other, they produce more. Um, but because they're not devils or demons, they don't have that respawn thing. Yeah. So um, if they mate with a mortal, and they do, then they can um, actually spawn these cambions, which are CR5, and, and these guys are CR4. But my favorite piece of lore about them is the difference. Do you know the difference between a succubus and an incubus besides the gender? No. Uh, there isn't one. As a matter of fact, it's not even the gender. It's the same creature. They choose their form. Ooh. So they will appear to you as a lecherous little halfling trying to get you to gamble. And then you'll figure out who it is and banish them to hell or he'll run away or whatever it is. And then he will come back. But now he is she. And she is going to seduce you four levels later and say, no, it's okay. Let's. I, I know you got a problem. I'll watch your back when we go into the casino. And she's still working yeah. her magic at you and I, 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 I love what you're saying now because it's just giving me more and more ideas of what i was what i was talking about which is it it's not necessarily leaning on the mechanics yeah but more putting the situations to the player until they organically do that betrayal say if it's betrayal of words <laughs> and then catching them that was the betrayal of words and it's like the big reveal of going back. Yeah, you know, but like let it your happen. soul is now in danger. And now you can be targeted. I wouldn't target someone with the kiss that drains them. Un- I wouldn't even charm them until this. Until yeah, done exactly. It, right? But you, I think you'll get the players, even though it's a, a negative thing for their character, and yourself as the DM, I think we'll get so much more reward from it if you let the betrayal happen organically as like a decision from the player based on the decisions or the situations that have led up to that. I, I also want to remove the idea of... It's called a kiss. Yeah. Right? I would pull that right out there, and I would just have it be, like, a, an intimate point of contact. So that it can just be um, the, the like, the lecherous little halfling is trying to get you to gamble, just puts another another casino chip in your hand. And that's the kiss that does the damage. Yeah. Right? So, so, yeah, it's changing the word, right? So it's not so... I, 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 like it, I like kiss as a metaphor as opposed to a legitimate... Oh, yeah, you've been charmed, and now you get a tongue down your throat. Yeah, yeah, right? 100%. So. No, I'm totally in agreement with you. 
I love that. I just love that. I love that long play type thing. And I'm reminded, I know the the 7,000 some people out there but um, who, who were not in our campaign. But say if you do, we went all of those months and my character Titus was in his marriage with yeah. Togu. Yeah. If I organically gave a betrayal, because Titus changed over time based yes. on what was happening. It great evolution, yeah. It got to the point where he was not a nice person no. by the end based on what was happening. If you revealed to me at that, that point, it's something I did there as that was the betrayal. And so now my soul is in danger based on something that I decided to do. But you could argue was led to it by the situations that were put in front of me by the succubus, which could have been Kogu. Yeah, it, look, it's not that hard to turn someone into doing an evil deed in freaking D&D. You're all fucking murder hobos anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So all you have to do is have them be like, well, there's a halfling child that got kidnapped. And, you know, a halfling child is like, what, eight inches tall? Like, it's a tiny little creature that's been kidnapped by orcs. And the orcs going to sacrifice it. And it's all the way over in the other direction over there. It's fraught with peril, and we can't pay you. The evil act is just... I mean, what's the quote? Uh, the only thing that evil needs is for good men to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Is that is that an evil deed? Is that a betrayer a betrayal of, of deeds? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you make the choice to turn your back, I would say yes. I uh, what what not, they, not, you you want them to just be like you know what I'm a lawful good character but I just really need to to drive this halberd into I don't know five we're making we're gonna make a cobalt kebab a kebablin kebablin <laughs> <laughs> it's we're just gonna keep them back to the kebablin yeah I yeah I freaking love it it's right? too I think you're right what you're saying it's too easy to say that you are not guilty it's is killing an evil creature. That it that it's society makes them evil. I have been is that and is is that I an have evil been act? part of D and D groups that have split because of this exact argument. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I'm so reticent to chime in is because I have I've had how dare you have your own opinion? Well, <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> when it comes to things like uh, having your evil or your good players stand by when you know an evil act is happening, there could be reasons that justify it i wouldn't i would even say that you know it could you could go down many different routes with this this is, this is a big philosophical it's question. a big it philosophical is, yeah. question and, and, and like one that is often brought up in christian circles as well we're definitely qualified so, yeah this. So, but i mean terry and i we're on we're on the same page with this and i know you are too dan but the idea that your D campaign should not just be a story there should be theme and tone and you should ask hard questions and yeah. force hard decisions oh, right because that's what you remember 20 years later you don't remember fighting the dire wolf. I don't know. I, I do remember like catching the grease pig. That's like one of my go-to stories every single time. Yeah, but you like it because of the tone of it, right? It's not the fact that it was like uh, I beat that swine. Like you're you're not. There's nothing. No, I remember because I it. rolled three natural twenties in a row and caught the grease pig at the thing. Was like, here's your pig, and won the. Well, it also maybe pride. it's a it's a it's a. <laughs> A comedic peak as well. Yeah, yeah, People that, remember that, yeah, that too. Uh, that too. Hilarious but I, I understand what you're saying, Adam. Like you're, you, you are going to remember the turns. Like we are going to be talking about how Loki saved his daughter in that entire encounter, ish, ish, for <laughs> years, and I will hate you forever for it. Um, 
and I'm still well, not over it, and it happened two months ago. Well, you get to run Call of Cthulhu with Adam playing it. Oh my god, who let Adam play an RPG, by the way? <laughs> well, I mean, Terry's still bitter about me murdering his freaking wife. As one might a be. A year ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my, some people might say that a year is not long enough to get over someone murdering their wife. God, you guys are so sensitive. Or murdering your daughter. Yeah. Anyways, right? let's cut to a commercial, because you guys are, you're making me uncomfortable now. <laughs> just a bad person this episode is brought to you by wildbot3d.com condition markers spell trackers aoe templates scatter terrain and much more proudly made in georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide that's wildbot3d your home for quality 3d printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain visit wildbot3d.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today Wildbot3d.com. Wildbot. <laughs> okay, guys, we're back now. Um, that was a just fantastic commercial. I love listening to our commercials. Wasn't that the best thing ever? Yes. What? Wicka wicka. Do we? Oh, there was a commercial. All right. And Terry too Terry's is paying attention. Terry's paying attention. Terry's one of those guys that gets up and goes to the bathroom during the commercial break, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Dan sits there and says, "I do need to own that." Um, anyway, I want to talk for a moment about. I could probably make it. About the planes themselves. I've, I've mentioned a couple times there are seven planes, right? Um, and I don't want to dig so much into who the demon lords are or the um, arch devils. That's a future topic. Let's just talk about um, the basic planes and which one that you like the best. So keep your ear open, okay? Um, the first one is uh, Acheron. Now, this one is halfway between uh, lawful neutral and uh, lawful evil. So it's very, very lawful. The thing about it that's crazy is that this is also known as the Infernal Battlefield of Acheron. This is where Maglubiot and Grumpsh fight. All of the undead orcs and all of the undead goblins, all of the ones that have died and their mortal souls are here to join the battle, this is where they fight. So it's actually broken up into an infinite void with four different layers that are shaped like floating cubes. Hmm. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So... Um, it, it is technically the bridge between the ultimate order of Nirvana, which, uh, or Mechanus, right? And, uh, and the Nine Hells, right? So it's, it's kind of this middle ground, but it's very, very lawful in here. And, um, and there are, there are a lot of options for you to do kind of crazy things because the way that gravity works is, uh, it, the up is as close as you are to the nearest surface of the plane, Right. And Grumsh has one cube, and, and Maglubiot has another. And they're consistently battling all of the time. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's, it's pure madness. Why is it so bloody complicated, this game? <laughs> um, the next one is the Nine Hells. This, a lot of people call it uh, Beator. That was its name when they couldn't use the word hell during the Satanic Panic. Yeah. So uh, they call it uh, Beator. This is where all the devils uh, are. And have, have we explained what the Satanic Panic was? I think we'll probably talk it. We'll, we'll bring it up at another time. The, How long did it last, anyway? Uh, some would argue that it is still going on. Yeah. Oh, right. If the Satanic Panic still happened in 2019, no. we got to get over it. Uh, Insofar as uh, church groups and Dungeons & Dragons are, it is still an issue with quite a few church How many groups. video games and board games? and Oh, my God. It, 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 it's an argument, man. So, um, anyways, so uh, I, I just don't feel that it's appropriate to talk about this as we discuss fiends. 
let's bring it up when we do the arch devils and the and the demon lords okay, episode. Yeah, sure. Um so uh so anyway, Beator is just this this giant hellscape. It's the nine hells of, of Beator, and it is just a plane of sinister uh, evil and institutional cruelty. And that's the big thing, is that the cruelty is all dungeons and torture chambers. And yeah. this is not just randomly getting your guts spilled. That's the abyss, right? You you show up, and there are devils waiting for you to say, uh, just this way, oh thank God. you very much. Well, I want you to, uh, for those of you that are this way, turn left. For those of you that are this way, turn right. And then you go into your freaking concentration camp. That makes me think of, you must have seen the Rowan Atkins and... Get where he plays the devil or yeah, Toby. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's exactly. <laughs> What's the name of this one? Beator. Beator. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So this is the nine hells, um, and it is technically between Gehenna and Acheron, um, and you can you can also uh, get to it from the astral plane as well. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Gehenna. Gehenna is where the Yugoloths are from. Uh, that's also where uh, the Barghests are from. Yeah. I was gonna say, are we going to list off what the nine hells actually are? No, uh, that's that's an episode specifically for that. Okay, cool. Because all of them have a certain number of, of layers to them. Uh, for example, there are, um, I think there's four or uh, there, yeah, there, so there's four of Acheron. There's obviously nine in the nine hells. Um, Gehenna has uh, one sec, um, four layers of infinite planes. The crazy thing about it is gravity in Gehenna is at a 45 degree angle. Oh. So you're always going uphill or downhill. It's like you were on the side of a, of a mountain with no beginning and no end. Oh. So and it just are, feels like you're always walking uphill. Or downhill. Or da- like Scotland. That- <laughs> <laughs> um, or so, Switzerland. Switzerland, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of the terrain is also really slick. It's hard to get your footing in this area. Uh, and if you look at a lot of the art for the for the Yugoloths, they all have claws on their feet, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the next one is uh, Hades. This one is the actual um, like neutral evil. It's also called the Gray Waste of Hades. Uh, and the great thing about the Gray Wastes is that it's three. It's only three layers this time, but they're called glooms. Each one of them is a different gloom, and each one of them is utterly devoid of emotion. Hope and peace, and this is where night hags tend tend to come from. Um, they're available in all of the lower planes, but I do see a lot of online references to them being it specifically in Hades, uh, not the character from Hercules. Yeah. Um, then there's uh the next one is called Carcery, but we actually in fifth edition we call it Tartarus. This one is starting to skew towards chaotic evil, but it's still chaotic neutral. There are six layers. This one's cool. Each one of the layers, of course, is infinite, but now it's a string of orbs. Each orb um, is its own planetoid. Hmm. And you actually have to like go from one orb to the next. And the first layer is the size of the Forgotten Realms world, like 160 kilometers, right? Is as, is as big as it gets. Um, but every time that you go further down into Tartarus, each one of the orbs gets smaller and further away from the next one. Mm-hmm. Right? So I feel like there's actually some spell jammer opportunities in here for flying around the oh yeah that, in this area. That'd be badass, yeah. So I uh, I don't know. I really like that. I thought that was that was a lot of fun. Um, and then of course we have the abyss. The abyss is an infinite 
number of infinite layers. If you try to wrap your brain around what infinite means, I think it just means that if you you will never find the end to it in any mortal or immortal lifespan, right? Yeah. So, um, this has there's so much freaking lore on the abyss. Every one of the demon lords has a crazy amount of different layers that they own as well, and there's no clear definition of of where the layers are and where the um, the river Styx goes through. It's chaos, and it's it's abject chaos, and it's like built right into it. Interestingly enough, the lore says that somewhere in the abyss there is the the stone. I forget what it's called, the shard that spawns the slod. Oh. And the, and the slod are technically from the abyss, but they're not fiends. They're just beings of pure chaos. Are they aberrations, technically? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and the last one is called Pandemonium. And Pandemonium, now we're starting to go up the scale up towards uh, chaotic neutral, right? But it still swings chaotic evil. This has four infinite layers. Um, this is uh, an entire plane of rock in every direction, but there are tunnels all the way through it. And there are howling, screaming winds that will drive you mad going through these tunnels. So there's a consistent... You, you're not going to be able to hear anybody else because it's it's deafening almost, right? So, um, And the concept of where is up changes as these things are consistently moving in, in three dimensions. Like down is always different depending on... I mean, it's like an M.C. Escher um, painting of just tunnels. So anyway, I thought that was really cool. I, and I'm curious now, what would you guys want to uh, want to play in? What would you use it as a player or as a DM? Beator. Well, let's roll initiative. No. <laughs> Just Beator. Three. Thirteen. Oh, I'm going first. Yeah, but see how I did that? Nice. Yeah, thank you. Kind of- well hey, done. Banked it off of three sides. Thank you. Yeah. We should go play pool sometime. No, I'm actually I'm I'm one of those pool players where it's like I'm, you play billiards. I'm uh no I'm craft snooker. And if you pronounce the the word snooker as snooker Hold one up. more time, Dan, in my presence, <laughs> I swear to God, isn't snooker I, on Jersey Shore? <laughs> Nothing that. that. <laughs> I think that's. Hey, she lost weight. She looks good, man. She's a mom. She's trying to. Is she still alive? Well, maybe I don't. I I just assumed. I don't. (laughs) Wow. Don't think. We're just going around the entire continental USA and offending everybody today. Fuck Hawaii too. While we're at it, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Anyway, it's like continental Hawaii. That's probably just offended more people. Okay, look. No, we love. The U.S. We, we love do. them all. We really do. Uh, you know what? It's two thirds of two thirds of us are romantically involved with the U.S. Exactly. Yeah. Which is the third? Which is fuck the... Hawaii. <laughs> and one of us is Please. romantically involved with two thirds of the U.S. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, my That's answer. Done, <laughs> my answer, by the way, in case anyone gives a shit. <laughs> fuck Terry, you just. You derail the entire Is this what it's like, yeah. Dan? Is this what yes. it's like? Yes. Every God. single week. Welcome mm-hmm. to my hell. This is your hell? Yeah. Alright, so my answer is is Tartarus or or Carcery, depending on which which one that you're going with. Because I love the idea of this string of orbs of planets, and each one is a different kingdom almost. It's got its own different flavor to it. I mean, you're you're still swinging chaotic uh evil. 
Um, and you're, but like there's neutral involved there too. Like I, I just think it's a lot of fun to, you'd have a lot of demons in there, but you're not spawning. You can kill them and they will go back to the abyss. Um, so they're not in their power centers. You're probably not going to run into many demon lords walking around here. You're going to run into a lot of Yugoloths, so there's a lot of opportunity for uh, for discussing the option. All right, so it's Spelljammer, and you have a Morenoloth, like I talked about, the boatman. Mm -hmm. But now he's got a boat that can go from sphere to sphere, and you've got to work with him. Oh, and the boat through. is really just a metaphor for like the medium of however he's doing. It's not like no, I give him a literal boat. Oh, you <laughs> yeah, that like freaking flies. Because why, why the fuck why not? not? I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not here for like <laughs> ground. Eventually we're running out of ideas. Now it's like a fucking flying boat. Let's go. <laughs> hey, airships have been a thing since air Ever? and ships. I like that. Weren't the one of the Greek myths about ships that flew? Yep. I don't know. Peter so, Pan. Also anyway. had like in the modern era, Peter Pan had it. I'm sorry, Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter. Peter Pan. Anyways, Terry, that, that was my answer. What's your answer? A Beator. A Beator. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I want to... Whips and chains and things. It, well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Dan's middle management. Granted. <laughs> Working my way up. Dan's been asked or to move, down, his, move his desk back into the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you have my stapler. <laughs> Beator. I like... Uh, I like I like, as you guys know, I like fucking with people and I like social experiments. You? No. Yeah. Fuck I do. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. So, so I would like to put my players into a situation where all of those difficult, fun decisions I'd like to have made will be to do with the, the chaos and the torture which is involved in Beator. And then also just see who gets a little bit too into You know, like when you watch the, you guys seen the Hostel movies? Yeah. You know when you watch the Hostel movies and you like fantasize about being the people like doing the, the, the torture on no. the people in the movie? No. That's cool. That's what... Well... No. I do not know what that's like, Terry. Dan's the kind psychopath. of person that fantasizes about being the victim. <laughs> there are two, oh, no, no, there are two kinds it's, of people. That's literally what Terry does. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. And yeah, are you? A, yeah, okay, never mind. I'm stopping. I, see, yeah. would, some people are victims in hostel. Some I, people want to be the. If I was torture. If I was to do a campaign in Beator, I would definitely do it with a heavy Dante's Inferno theme, and just like each level is like one of the seven. Dead well, fortunately, it doesn't down. matter what you want to do in Beator. It only matters what I want to do in Beator, which is. I'm joking, Dad. You can make your point in a second, but for now, be quiet. <laughs> which is I want to put my players in the situation and experiment with them and see who kind of uh, leans towards that and enjoys it and just to see how they handle that kind of thing are you because taking just, personal notes to be like we could be fuck buddies <laughs> I also just like to find out get people comfortable as in relaxed obviously Beator is an uncomfortable atmosphere but just to find out who people really are that's what the finger's for right that's what the finger's for <laughs> so just when people kind of like will just their character air quotes but really it's them uh, is getting kind of into it I'm like oh that's who you are. I'll be careful around you. Yeah. Well, and you could also like see what uh, vulnerabilities your your players have as well. Like do a do a nine session arc where each session is another layer. Yeah. And see like what makes the like what makes your players cringe because you mentioned in like your Tuesday group there's the one person who doesn't like teeth. 
Yeah, yeah. It doesn't like mouth. Like, put them on a layer in a hell, like the, the gluttony layer, well, and everything's just mouths yeah, and it, chewing. Look, if and they you see that one person. If they say in session zero, they don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, but if they don't, and and they're kind of like Terry, where they like to suffer, you now know and what we, you can kind of do. Everything in there is just moist. Oh, I, and, I know. And I like this. There's, I, there's boil and. I just don't. I, <laughs> Dan, I don't think I made myself clear. I enjoy emotional trauma. Um, because it's interesting for a game, but I like to inflict pain on other people. Dan, if you were going to kill someone, how would you do it? Um, we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Adam already knows. How oh, to do it. I got my answer, He's but we don't have time on this podcast. <laughs> we got a list. I'm going man. systematically, starting at the toes, work my way up. I, I had to see, <laughs> no. see how quick, see how quick he knew that because he thought about it. No tell of a lie. I had to stop watching Criminal Minds because it's like idiots are doing it wrong. Here's how I would do it, and like I would start rattling these things off to my uh, wife, who was like, uh, "You're a very, like, you're a very practical thinker, though." I am. So you think of murder out of practicality more than I'm just a big emotional feeler. I'm like, what would I enjoy? Yeah, but you know, see, and I'm all about the misdirection so i'm going to be practical about it and then start making effigies just to point people at dan's house right <laughs> like I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna have like this it's gonna say six 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 but in the middle of the of like the circle in the middle six is gonna be dead center dan's house Right, so that that's that's my my murder. Uh, you got to use a map, right? I'm all about D and D. If you're not, if you can't like fly over, so the I would see... really like to use pandemonium as a place. Okay, with the that'd be a good serial killer. All the changing landscapes. I'm just yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the changing landscapes. The the um, but it's not changing landscapes. That's limbo. Well, the 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 changing landscapes, as in like the fact that it is chaos. It is it is uh, that's limbo. Uh, well, listen real quick. I won't. Uh, <laughs> um, pandemonium has that. I'd like, probably choke them. <laughs> I'm done. I would choke <laughs> pandemonium. That's okay, why? 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 Uh, I, I I like the um, never being able to tell which way you're going. The madness of it. The um, the you could hide something ten feet from someone in pandemonium, and they will never find. It, right? fe- it feels a lot to me like the Underdark, a fiendish version of the yeah, Underdark. Yeah. What's interesting is that there's really only one creature in the entire 5th edition that's natively from Pandemonium that I've been able to find in the lore, and that's the Howler, mm-hmm. which is a uh, one of the generic fiends here. And they've got this like... They're still like CR9. Like, they're still... Yeah, and the, but they've got like a scream attack to them as well that like you can hear forever, and then it's a... Like, you have to be deaf in order to, to fight these things. And they're CR... No, I think they're CR8. Or, well, shit, maybe. Well, no. But but they hunt in freaking packs. They do. They right? do. And that's the thing I love about Pandemonium is is it it is... Um, you have to, like, sensory deprave yourself to go through or deprive yourself to go through. <laughs> sensory Sorry. deprave. You have to sensory deprive well, we, we, we got him. Yeah, we, we got him. He's ours now. <laughs> to, to, to even adventure there. And... I, I I would like to have Ooh. a couple uh couple episodes or a couple sessions of your party blind and deaf trying to find their way through and try to make that interesting. Like I like the challenge to DMing in some of these things. So so, so I, I think that's cool too. One of the things that I would like to do is is agree with everybody that we're gonna do. You said oh I'd play one session each level of Beator and find out. I I'd, I'd say a level. You come in at level five. In Avernus. And then by the time you get to, to D yeah, level six. You've now made a two month campaign arc into a two year. Yes, but the deal is we are playing we are playing in Beator. We're yeah. playing in the Nine Hells. 
Or I would do a tour of them where one level is in each of these seven lower planes. Yeah, fair But enough. I feel like Pandemonium, like going going down that road, is all about chases more than anything else. Yeah. What do you do in tunnels, right? Even the Underdark has more than just tunnels in there, right? And that's the thing. is It says it's rock and wind and deafness. That's what's in Pandemonium. And, and that's really it. I mean, hang up some wind chimes, right? <laughs> well, no, you, I, would, I would set like, uh, I mean... It happened on Critical Role, but I would set the uh, have what, what, a what, keep on a thing. On what? Uh, Critical Role had the search for Grog, which was inside of Pandemonium, and the entire thing was inside of Pandemonium. And it's deafening wind, and they went to go rescue a soul from their character who drew the card, because you don't listen to Critical Role. Oh, there's the Decamani thing. Yeah, Sorry, they had the Decamani key, and it dropped the soul on Pandemonium, so the party went cool. to go rescue him. Yeah, all right, I'm into and, that. And it had the the deafening wind, The so I would have this, like, ancient... Uh, but there was a castle, like, built yeah, into one yeah. of the tunnels? Yeah, Well, it wasn't a tunnel. They just had an open planescape with constant wind hitting them. So they just didn't ever explore the tunnel side of it. They just had the constant windstorm oh. and sandstorm hitting them. And they made their way through until they got to this uh, castle keep where Grog's soul was being kept. And I, I really like the tone of it. And I would love to do it with my players as well. Just throw them in there and have them be like your your passive perception 25 gnome investigators that really drive you up the wall. Throw them in pandemonium for a bit and watch them squirm. Mm. Like it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good place to kind of play on the strengths and weaknesses of your character. I think there should be... Uh, more campaigns set in the planes, whether it be a tour or not. I, I understand that for newer players... The planes are intimidating. The planes are intimidating, but also everybody wants to feel normalcy yeah. as well, right? Can like Let's just play in the material plane, Forgotten Realms, so I can get... You know, that's my first uh, encounter in fantasy RPGs, and then we'll go a bit crazy from there once I've already done that a few times. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it would be great. I'd love to play a campaign. I've always wanted to do an Astral Sea campaign. Well, uh, I've always wanted to do an Astral Sea campaign where it heavily features Gith and stuff and then moving through the Astral Sea, which is often the bridge between a lot of these places. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, that or the Ethereal Plane. That or the Ethereal Plane. Um, and I would play with heavy Gith, like play the like Gith. Like fat Gith? No, like like heavy Gith themes oh. and um, often jumping into the different so planes aggressive. to gain items for whatever, like... Gain these MacGuffins just to taste the planes. So, uh, that's what I, like... Yeah, I, I, I would assume that, that Pandemonium tastes a little bitter. The, well, the Abyss is definitely curry. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it, it's, it's... What? Like, really bad spicy My curry. laptop was updating, so for about 20 seconds I wasn't <laughs> concentrating on what you said, and then I came back, to, I stopped, I started listening again at bitter and then silence, I was like, what's happened? And then curry. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, what each of the planes taste like on the on your palate? Uh, imagine pandemonium. I can imagine it. For some reason just smells like s salt. Just like yeah. salt. It's just salty. S salt. You, you yeah. think so? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it tunnels gives you a mine kind of feel. Yeah. I, I, I like all oh, like like, uh, like I, dank hair. I think it would be really cool to get into pandemonium. Now, one of the things that I would do if I was running a campaign in there is I would have uh, mold earth to close these tunnels behind me. Or open them up as I need, right? Mm. Um, but I think it would be really cool to make your home base out of pandemonium. And then you just construct doors that are heavy enough that it stops the freaking wind. And you, anybody that's coming to get you, you've got this underground castle. Instead of a keep on a mountain, 
it is underground, but it's built into these tunnels that you've molded the earth to shape. And so you have an underground castle with doors all over the place. There's a million ways in and out. Each one of these is like heavily locked by iron to keep out the fiends that are that are out there. But it's calm and quiet and it's easy in here. And it hurts everybody else trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I like it. No? I like a view, so I don't know. That will work. Yeah? Well, br- bring a succubus with you. I, I prefer my deep, dank basements, which is where we're recording. We know. So. And... All right, so let's uh, let's head on to the... Um, I, I want to mention again about the giveaway. Yep. Um, and we are going to keep talking about this up until September 1st. Uh, we're not putting any of the details of this online, except probably the prizes at some point when we finally hammered out the, the hall of the end of this. But um, all you need to do is write into us. Uh, our email address is info at itsamimic.com uh, you can also reach us at uh, at itsamimic on Instagram or at itsamimicdnd on Twitter uh, and all you need to do is let us know which class which race and which background each one of us the three hosts here would be um, so we simplified it from the original announcement it's not it's no longer spells or monsters yeah right so it's just uh, can you can you build Terry mechanically how would you do it? And then Dan and I will vote on the answers, and the one that's that's the best will um, will rank highly, and then the person with the most or with the best ranks yeah. is going to win this grand prize. And, and, and don't just like default and be like, oh, well, you're all human bards or whatever nonsense. Like, yeah, no. or yeah, we know that Dan is a half orc barbarian and Terry's a half elf go go dancer. So <laughs> I've had that career before, and I'll never go back. <laughs> now you're a stop stop dancer. <laughs> So um, I've, I've done the dancing. He's more of a yield yield dancer. So one of the things that I want to uh, do a shout out for is I'm not listening to you it's at a all. Stupid fucking joke. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, hope, I, I hope you are shamed. I am. I hope I'm you are shamed. Deeply ashamed by that joke. Um, one of the, I want to do a shout out really quickly to Galadoria Games. Now Galadoria Games is a small company that actually makes um, terrain as well. Uh, but what they're doing right now is they're they've got a Kickstarter that's up and running. For the Mimic Invasion Kit. And it's the second one that they've done. And it's absolutely phenomenal. Where they have a well that can turn into a Mimic. Oh, or a wardrobe yes. that turns into a Mimic. And I ran across this just totally Do by accident. Do they have a gold pile Mimic? Yeah. And so I ran into this and it, it screamed to me, you know, it's a Mimic. They have yeah. a Mimic outhouse. A Mimic outhouse. Yeah. So oh, man, they do have a mimic outhouse. 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 <laughs> so anyway, I just I thought that they've got a freaking magic carpet that's a mimic. Love that. I right. love it. I uh, see most people would think animated carpet, but nay. Well, no. Yeah. It's, uh, so anyway, but this is you'll see it's mimic invasion kit two. So they've already got one of these out there, and like this is fantastic. It's phenomenal. They've got a kickstart uh, Kickstarter up and running. Everybody needs to go just donate whatever you can into this and hopefully that you, you can get these. Uh, and then tag us. If you, if, when you yeah. get them, tag us. We want to see how you paint them. Yeah. Because, oh, definitely. Because these are rad. So anyway, uh, let us know. Again, that's uh, Galadoria Games. Um, that's a bit of a mouthful. So it's uh, you'll be able to see it in the show notes, but I'll spell it out anyway. G-A-L-L-A-D-O-R-I-A. Galadoria. That's with a double L and a single D. Awesome. Yep. All right. So As opposed to a single L and a double D, Dan, which is what we prefer, right? Up top. Up top. Ah, Dan. I love it when I bring you down to that <laughs> level. <laughs> so, uh, 
So the uh, the last thing that I want to talk about is look, we've gone long on fiends. There's so many. There's 75 freaking fiends and a million freaking overlords, and there's there's seven planes. There's so much to talk about. They're more fleshed out than than undead, pun intended. They're more fleshed out than than the dragon <laughs> subtypes. <laughs> you guys are right. Off guard. And, and they're more fleshed out than the fey, which are the other big ones that everybody knows about, right? So so these are by far my favorite. How would you build a campaign around them? And I don't mean a counter. I don't mean set piece. How do you build a campaign? Let's roll initiative. Okay. Damn it. Natural one. Knocked to a 17 by my brother, Terry. I'm also at 17. So so we got to re-roll. Thank you, Terry. 15. 14. Fuck. I went from a natural one to going first. Thank you so much, Terry. Well, that's what I'll do. I'll jump on that grenade sometimes. Okay. You guys just got to stop knocking against each other. Well... Sometimes your ball's got to touch. Anyways, Jen. the <laughs> inappropriate. I am offended. So, oh uh, daughter of Asmodeus. Well, I'm loving where this is starting already. Yes, tell me more. Daughter or doctor of? Daughter of Asmodeus. Now, in the fiend world, gender isn't really a thing. Oh, um, it very much is. No, no, no. It even says in the in the in uh, um, Mordekainen's Tome of Foes that. They just kind of pick and choose as they whim, but there amongst the devils there isn't the big thing. So daughter is a bit, bit of a, just a title that is a, uh, placed on this uh, arch devil, but Glacia, who is uh, the queen of the Malbolge, which is one of the levels of the Nine Hells, which is the prison level of the Nine Hells. She uh, is an ambitious, uh, capricious. Uh, she hates her father. In fact, the quote in the book is something like, uh, "If I if my father's defeated, who else would I strive against?" Right? Like she is. Uh, she's a pain in the ass teenager. She's a pain in the ass pain in the ass teenager that Asmodeus has made in charge of the prison. It's Asmodeus, man. I know it technically could pronounce it either way, but he's not fucking Mozart. Stop it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> Keep talking. I hit a nerve. Wow. Anyways, so. Glacia actually replaced Moloch, who is uh, uh, popular from way back in the day. He's the big red-headed demon statue that they're pulling the rubies off of in the original Player's Handbook uh, cover. That's Moloch. He's got biblical roots as well. Yeah, man. Moloch, um, more problems. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> um, the campaign I would run is actually your party is being uh, tasked by Moloch, who all he wants is to have his seat of power back in the Mulbulge, Malbulge, however you pronounce it. Mulbulge. <laughs> no. Anyways, Queen of so uh, Moloch is going to twist your party's. Not uh, Mulbulge. <laughs> twist your party's uh, progression, their uh, mission, their adventure to uh, slowly unseat Glacia so that he can take back the uh, throne. And I would have this be a thing he does. If he so much as enters the Nine Hells, he's been uh, banished by Asmodeus. Yeah. Yeah. If He's been banished by Asmodeus. Um, if he so much as enters into the Nine Hells, he is forced into the form of an imp again and has to try to find <laughs> his way out. Uh, which I, to be able to regain his uh Bring out the imps. So like he's often like, he's walking through, I think it's called Strix or something like that. He's often... Wa- uh, sorry, Sigil. He's walking, often walking through Sigil, which is another plane, 
um, sowing discord and finding people that can help him gain back the seat of power that he has. He's got this rich history around him. I would base a lot around him. And it brings back Moloch, who has been kind of underused in 5th edition, in my opinion, as, as kind of a big, bad, evil guy. So your entire campaign would be him using you in various forms and various uh, incarnations of himself to unseat Glacia so that he can take over. And then your party probably rightfully would be like, wait, we just got betrayed by this guy so that he could take the seat and then fight against Moloch himself. So that's what I would kind of do with a fiendish thing. And of course, the, the entire time, he's throwing low-level devils and and weird uh, schemes and contracts at you, right? Like, I, I that's what I would do for a fiend-focused campaign. Right on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to... Pull back a little bit in the fiends, actually, for my for my answer. Now, most we know that I said pull back, not off. Calm okay, down. I'm just no, I'm just saying you, you have to look. We're doing out. the fiend episode, and you're not going to do well. Perhaps Dan, if you stopped interrupting him, he could make his point. So, um, one of the things that's <laughs> on, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got my blood war. <laughs> I'm so happy. So, um, wait, what? What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. So, uh, one uh. of one of the things that that I've come to notice is that most campaigns don't go to level 20, right? They will top out at level 8, 9, 10, somewhere. I've heard stories, but I've never seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, so um, uh, but so one of the things that I think that people consistently run into are the mobs, and that's why we do our monsters on the mobs first before we get into the high-powered kerfuckery of, like, freaking astral dreadnoughts and shit. So... Okay. Um, no thanks. No so, thanks, Astro Dreadnoughts. No thanks. So one of the things that I would do is I would focus on gnolls. I love gnolls. They got crazy flavor. They're linked to Yinagu, who is the like gnoll demon lord, but he's pure chaos. The rest of them, the demon lords tend to go a little bit lawful. You have to follow my rule. I've got a plan. Here's what we're doing. Even even Demogorgon is he's got a plan, right? It may be kind of madness, but it is a plan. Yeah. Yinagu's just like, no nah, man. Tear it to shit and move on to the next thing. I don't even give a fuck. And every once in a while, his just pure malevolence bursts through onto the prime material plane. He wrecks house for a little bit, and then somebody manages to knock him back. At which point he's like, ah, motherfucker, I'm doing it again! And then off he goes, right? Mm. And so he's consistently on the rampage, which is why gnolls are always rampaging as well, and they don't really have a solid society. You don't get to be a gnoll as a player character um, in 5th edition because they're so chaotic and insane they just you but they've got like the flins which have madness uh, these flails they've been gifted and then they've, they die and they become witherlings and... yeah there's so much cool stuff with gnolls this is not an old episode i'll get to them later but there are three fiends that are specifically around gnolls that's all they are and one of them is the the fang of yinagu and these guys are just blessed gnolls are a cr half i think this guy is a cr4 and um, he is just um, a little bit tougher. He doesn't have the long bow. He has claw attacks. And he's doing more damage. And mechanically, he's a CR4. But here's the cool thing. If there are hyenas, and there are always hyenas around gnolls, if there are hyenas nearby, they will eat any one of the kills from the Fang of Yinagu and then explode in this like gory, nasty viscera and pop up into being a full-sized adult knoll ready to fight. So he is just leaving carnage in his wake, and more knolls are showing up. So you can have one of these guys 
wander through, and it doesn't have to be a sentient creature. They can wander through a flock of sheep, and all of a sudden, there's 30 more gnolls because the hyenas have gotten to his kills. On top of that, they have the maw demons, which are, they've got like three eyes, three arms, three legs, and they're, they're, they're split down the middle. They've got this squat little body split down the middle, and it's all teeth. That Their whole body is one big vertical mouth. And they are the living embodiment of Yanaga's hunger to the point where whatever they eat gets transferred from their stomach into his so that he can eat, right? And so they are these crazy little, I mean, they're only CR1, but they tend to come in in droves and they're following the Knoll pack. So these are gifted by Yanaga into the into the Knoll warband. So you have Knolls, you got a Flynn who's a CR9, you got a Fang of Yanaga who's a CR4, and then you've got a bunch of these CR1 guys who are still more powerful than a regular Knoll. And then on top of that, you gift the best warrior there with a Shusuva, uh, which is a CR8 fiendish um, quadruped like, like a hyena. And this thing does massive amounts of damage. It has bonded itself for its entire existence to the greatest warrior in that Yanagu's aware of. And they... Uh, and they are, they, like, they've got a crazy poison attack. They cause paralysis, where if you are facing a horde of gnolls and they are rampaging, you do not want to be paralyzed, especially if you've got the other things in the mix here. Mm-hmm. So if I'm getting up to a CR-12, and everyone's like, oh, we're still working on gnolls, yeah, but you're working on lots of gnolls, and they are rampaging, and they are breeding, and there is a demon lord directly influencing them and getting involved and you we're not talking about kill all the orcs and that one escaped or you know the goblin is going to plead for his life so you drop him off at the no you're going you're exterminators you have to exterminate these things and they are coming and they are coming and there's more and more of them and i would say this would be a rad one shot too right mm-hmm. so uh, everybody roll up a cr8 character we're fighting gnolls and they're all laughing but seriously, but I got... Never, they never left again, did no, they? No, no, they never did. And some <laughs> of them turned into gnolls when hyenas ate them. Yeah. Right? So, and now they'll laugh forever. I I love it. I love, I'm love. i I'm a little aroused. Um, I don't have the rules for them in front of me, but the, the Maw Demons. Yeah. Um, do they... Back in past editions, they were one of my favorite uh, fiends and outsiders to bring into the game. Um, and they were called Abyssal Maws. Yeah, they were Abyssal Maws in previous. Yeah. Um, do the current Maw Demons, I don't know yeah. off the top of my head, do they have the ability to belch fiends? No. No? Okay. Fifth edition. No, 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 no. Fifth edition DMs everywhere. Look at the 3.5 rule that Maw Demons have, the Abyssal Maw. It's called uh, Belch Fiends as a full round action, so just as an action. Um, in 5th edition. An abyssal maw can open its mouth wide and summon forth fiendish rats or centipedes, fiendish ravens, fiendish vi- uh, vipers, um, and any creatures summoned in this matter persist until the abyssal maw is slain. Um, and it can use this ability at will, but cannot use it again until all of the currently summoned creatures are dead. Interesting. So, this thing is just belching out um, really low CR, like Weird creatures, but but, but they're it's demons physically because they're it's an fiendish, habitual... yeah. They're fiendish rats, fiendish centipedes, fiendish ravens, 1d6 fiendish ravens, or 1d3 fiendish vi- vipers. Um, and in 3.5, the fiendish rule gave them like a small fire breath attack and various little things like that. So I would definitely try to pull from your 3.5 abyssal maws 
and bring that into your mod demons to make them more than just these things that just eat. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. The other the other thing too is that everybody already has a monster manual, so the Fang of Yanagu is in the monster manual, and you know you have to go into um, any of the high level stuff in Mordenkainen's. Um, but the uh, the Shusuva and the uh, the Ma, it, they are straight out of Volos as yeah. well. And I feel like a lot of people own Volos. So, anyway. Um, Terry, that, that leaves you, my man. That leaves me. Okay, well, I think my big idea for a fiend, uh, a fiendish campaign would... For it to, to not be a fiend campaign at all. Let See, me get yeah, we're problem. on the same page here. Right? Fuck you, Dan. <laughs> I just like different. And the, the main, I just don't win. The main story arc or the main campaign setting is something completely different. But the blood war exists and is happening regardless whether we like it or not. And I got the idea from the... And it's funny you talked about exterminators. The idea of if you get like an insect infestation in your house. It doesn't matter what your plans are. That is happening. Yeah. It is happening. It has popped up in your life and now you have to deal with it. So I would be very on the nose with it even from very small encounters to be... Well, it's built right into the lore. Sorry, I cut you off. but, But it's built right into the lore that demons... (laughs) <laughs> no, Adam, please go on. Oh, thank you. Uh, I just, I, I, hey, Dan, no, it's fine. I wasn't. It's my fault. I wasn't aware that the beginning of Adam's sentence interrupted the middle of mine. Go on. Um, that there are entire <laughs> wars that have been fought that have been put on pause because of a uh, portal to the abyss has opened up. Yeah. And that even between outsiders, if angels are fighting devils and a portal to the abyss opens... They will stop everything and shut this shit down. Yeah, even both sides, opposing sides, even working together. Exactly. Because that is the bigger problem. It doesn't matter what our political um, situation is. But I would, even if I was going to run a very portal-heavy campaign, I could just imagine a party going along, doing what they need to do, being on their mission, thinking it's going to be easy or whatever. Or even two opposing sides on the battlefield, and then all of a sudden, poof, portal opens, a poof, absolute chaos as these, any number of demons and devils fight, and then poof, back into the ground, and they're like, well, that was interesting. I well, guess we carry on. And there, there's a variant rule that demons and devils can summon more of their type, right? Yeah. So you can have a high level that summons a mid-level, that summons a, a low level, that summons a fucking shit demon at the bottom, right? Yeah. And and it'll, it'll work like that, where they will just keep summoning more and more and more. Mm-hmm. A portal opens up, and one pit fiend comes through, and you've got a demonic outbreak, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Plus, they can freaking possess people, which we barely spoke about, right? I, but, but yeah, but my point is, I think, I mean, I think a, a fiendish campaign would be great to run in itself, but to just have it as something which is ever present and it is a massive inconvenience more often than not, and a campaign which is supposed to be centered on something else. Um, even to the point where there's like a cause, if you will, between these two sides. So we talked about the NPCs of those people you don't really want to trust, but sometimes you just need to use because they have their cause yeah. that they're fighting for, separate to what the, the players and the, the player characters are doing. I just w- would like the presence of it, like an insect infestation is just going to come up sometimes and you just have to deal with it. doesn't matter what you your intentions were for that day. Yeah, I just love it. Sorry, I, I, I don't think that you need to do a fiendish campaign with all this summoning and everything. I think that that puts a ticking clock on, we have to deal with this right now. Stop everything. Yeah. We have to deal with this. If one side finds out that a portal is open, they're just like, oh, 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 oh stop, time out. Yeah. Just, just everybody, everybody chill. Everybody be calm. Send your freaking emissary over. We got to talk. We have a big issue. We got like two days to deal with this. Yeah. Before it gets out of control, we all lose. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. I love that. Any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap this very long episode up? Oh. <sighs> I just really appreciate both of you. I really do. Whatever. 
Fuck you're off. both good people. <laughs> I think deep down you're both capable of good things. We're, we're like your shoulder devil and your shoulder demon. Dan, do you not know me at all? <laughs> huh? I I relish in the pain of others. Yeah, but you're, you're also you're it. also a helpful person, and and so's Adam. Like Adam, Adam's got his deep well of knowledge that he helps and that he selfishly hoards. No, he doesn't. He gives it out freely to everybody. Like you guys I, are just I authentically. I do give it out freely to everybody. <laughs> I think you guys are just authentically good people, and I really appreciate being friends with you. So Dan is dying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Dan's not on the podcast anymore. Terry, learn how to edit. <laughs> well, we can't use Duffin. He's fucking useless. <laughs> Fuck, look at that. Look at that fucking face. <laughs> Call us Duffin with your fucking French eyes. I knew you were French from 500 meters away. <laughs> okay, we can't say anything. Like that. No. Okay. Uh, oh, hold on. Good tavern name. Tavernac. Oh, shit, yeah. That is a really good name, yeah. God damn, yeah. that's good, yeah. So it just strike me like I had an apostrophe. Anyway, so this has been another episode of It's a Mimic. Uh, we focused on fiends. We talked about our favorite devils, demons, yugoloths, generic. We went through the planes. We talked about campaign settings and, and ideas that we would have for it. And uh, if you have any other thoughts you want us to focus on, demon lords or arch devils or whatnot, uh, get back to us at uh, our email address. It's Info at it's a mimic.com or it's a uh, at it's a mimic on Instagram. Those are the ones we check the most often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, you can reach each of us at our own personal um, uh, Instagram accounts. Terry, which one is yours? Send noobs DND. That's on Instagram. And as part of the giveaway, I have signed some merchandise uh, that I'll be giving away as part of that prize. Can you please take a picture of that and then uh, and send it out? I gotta Absolutely. say that yeah. kind of looks. Like I'll make sure to dudes. include the maple. Leaf on the McDonald's M. There we go. Diet Coke cup. Uh, will the ice still be in it? <laughs> it may have changed form. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, where can we reach you? Um, at Oscar the Orc with all underscores and case. Why did you look at me as though to confirm that that was your Instagram? <laughs> he hasn't logged in in so long. <laughs> and and you can reach me at Rusty Styrofoam. Uh, and uh, yeah, let us know what you think about fiends. And uh, do you, who do you think should win? The the, the, the blood war. The blood oh war. yeah, it's yeah. like just between us. Yeah. Oh, well, it's not fucking Dan. We're gonna have Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Definitely will not be doing a deep dive into what Adam has done to my house. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I know it was you. You think this lovely face over here of Terry? Hello. That innocent feature that he's got right here, that that wonderful goatee he's now growing. Mm-hmm. You think this it? is the goatee of an evil it? man who comes to my a house of it. and drink it. all of my beer? I know it was you. You know, traditionally speaking, evil people have goatees. No, that's right, actually. Yeah, but uh, they it, also don't have top knots. It's, it's selfie time. Uh, man buns? I, I don't know. Uh, what do you, what do you call that? Man buns. What's this? Yeah. Hair. <laughs>